what two famous monsters, small or large, would you pit against each other in your dream versus film? Oh, what would my dream versus film be? Um, all right, I think I've invented a fairly new one. Okay. Are you ready? I'm, you, guys, I'm interested. you guys ready? What do you got? I'm thinking aliens versus predator. <laughs> now think Ooh, about it, guys. Aliens hmm. are these xenomorphs. They're incredible prey, super Listen hard to Hollywood. kill. Yeah. <laughs> Predators, the galaxy's best hunters. What would happen if maybe let's say you're in Antarctica? Oh. And there's like an underground pyramid of some kind. Mark, okay. I can't reach John, but could you smack him for me? <laughs> what happens <laughs> if you get a bunch of humans trapped in a pyramid while they're fighting? Civilian humans. Civilian humans. I'll tell you what happens. You make a shit-ass movie <laughs> that nobody ever wants to rewatch, and then you try to do that same idea maybe five years later and yeah. do it somehow inexplicably worse <laughs> because okay. those movies fucking suck. They did. They <laughs> were Smells bad. like success, baby. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Um, I'm going to say Ash versus Jason. Okay, so monsters ah. meaning like any kind of like. Correct. But what okay. about Ash versus Freddy Krueger? Both witty. Jason doesn't talk. Too much wit. Too, oh, wit overload. Let me okay. give you the rundown of my plot Okay. Here. Ash is on the run from Deadites and ends up in Camp Crystal Lake. There's a group of campers there Ash meets up with. While befriending them, Jason is awakened and Ash witnesses the killing. Then the evil dead finds Ash and begins swallowing the souls of all the campers, turning them into Deadites. Jason appears among the havoc and starts his murdering when he's attacked and possessed by the evil dead. Now Jason is double evil. Ash is about to lose, uh, but the sole remaining virgin camper uses the Necronomicon to open up a portal and attempts to suck Jason and the Deadites into the abyss. Ash gets sucked in with it, and he goes back in time, but not as far as Army of Darkness. Okay, okay. He goes back to September 1945, where he's nursed back to health by a young Pamela Sue. They get married and give birth to a boy named Jason. What? Mark, you need a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> what, you didn't like it? No, it was great, but you need a hobby. <laughs> I just gave Jason a daddy. Yeah, there you go. In Evil Dead's Ash. Friday I love the 13th, it. 13th, part 26. Who's your daddy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Turns out it's Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's actually pretty, that's pretty good, Pretty man. clever. Not as good as my unique one that no well, one ever thought of before, but... <laughs> <laughs> there will never be anything to equal that idea. Thank Cutting you. edge, man. Yeah. What do you got, Garrett? Wow, I really just I can't think of anything. Like I'm drawing a complete blank. I would like I, I kind of like Godzilla versus King Kong. I mean, that's still just I like big giant mm -hmm. monolith type creatures, but hmm, I don't know. I'd like to see something with werewolves. Hmm. Are there any other kind of werewolves that like giant? Ooh. I mean, there's the one from Rampage, Ralph. Yeah, but that's like a giant monster. I'd like to see like I just like to see a giant werewolf battle. That's what I want to see. That's you know what werewolves versus werewolves. <laughs> That's what I want. That's I just want like, but I'd like big ass werewolves, not like turn into giant wolves, Twilight werewolves. But I'm talking like huge Benicio del Toro, like bigger than that. I want no. them to be like Hellboy monster size. Finally, the worlds of the werewolves explode on the screen. I want it to be Faction. over a bone too. I want it to be something really <laughs> stupid, like you know, give me back my bone. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have anything super clever, but I would just like to see giant werewolves fight each other. That would be amazing. What are the werewolves race called? It's something with an L whenever you're trying to be cool about it. Well, there's act lupus. Like you give a shit. Is no, that lupus, lupus is a lupine. disease. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's something like this. It's like lupus. It's like lupus. It's something like that. I bet Cat Canis, Canis lupus. That's is the scientific dog. name for dog. Because yeah. they call it them but, that but in Twilight. So. There's Geru or G-A-R-O-U. We're not the people to come to if you want to find out anything about <laughs> werewolves, apparently. <laughs> no. 
We've got our pulse, our finger on the pulse of the werewolf community. Yes. I can't even think of a last werewolf movie I would have ever seen. Underworld? Oh, yeah, oh, okay. No. Abney hey, Costello. I liked her in that leather. <laughs> the she looks pretty no, good. I can't, I can't even get past that. I can't even... I've only seen the first Underworld in theaters, so that was like, what, 20 years ago? I feel like <laughs> Underworld <laughs> is the same situation as Resident Evil where, like, those women have something on someone. That's why they get to keep making these movies. Well, uh, for Resident Evil, she's married to the director, so that... Right. That, make, that, that makes me sad. Right, let's get into this crap. Me, yeah, and W.S. Anderson or whatever. Oh, I don't even want to start the episode. I hate this fucking movie so much, you guys. <laughs> well, somebody's got to start it. I guess I'll do it. I'll get out and push. <laughs> hey, everyone. Today we're going toe-to-toe with two of the biggest stars in Hollywood, Godzilla in his latest 2014 iteration and King Kong in Kong Skull Island from 2017. If you want to enhance your experience, please watch these films and join us to find out just who is the king of the monsters. Enjoy. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark, again, joined with Garrett and John. Fellas, how are we doing today? Doing pretty great. Doing all right. Myself, John? We're about to talk about Godzilla. <laughs> You're really, so, really amped, I can tell. That's that's a thing that's going to happen. You guys just want to really shift gears here and just talk about Pacific Rim instead, because it yes, is a better I Godzilla Yes, I love Pacific film. Rim. I feel like God, we're going to end up crying movie. a lot during this episode. <laughs> Now, Pacific Rim is... Yeah. That's Let's a kaiju talk about movie. the Jaegers and the kaiju. Um, <clears throat> yeah, man. Okay. So, obviously, as you can tell, we're going to be talking about a Godzilla film that none of us at the table seem to like. It's 2014. 2014's Godzilla. Um, we're also going to be talking about Kong Skull Island from 2017. Yes, which I actually really like, but Godzilla was... Ugh, anyway... Oh, so I don't know angry. that I'm I so like angry. Kong Skull Island or if I just liked it because it wasn't Godzilla and I watched them back to back. I don't I can't separate like maybe I was just so happy to not be watching, you know, how close trash. did you watch them together? I mean, almost like an hour apart. Okay, then, yeah, yeah, you tainted yourself. I think I was still one. just on not Godzilla high. I could have been watching it, like paint dry. Bridges you know, like, of God, this is County. great. If you double Matt Natum, it sounds like you did it backwards. No, I mean, I, no, you I get ended that bad taste out of your I mouth. I think even okay. though I wasn't a huge fan of either of these movies, Kong Skull Island was significantly superior in every possible way to Godzilla. I can't think of a C except for being bad. Godzilla beat <laughs> Kong at that. I can't think of a single thing Godzilla was better at. Well, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, do you guys have any news or any new goings on? Uh, I watched a movie called Stillborn. It was on Shudder. Um, pretty good take on kind of a possession type film. Uh, it was done by the same folks who did Grave Encounters. Um, I'd recommend it. It's a pretty solid film. Is it about a stillborn? 
it's about um, like this lady who gives birth to a kid and it turns out that I guess she had another kid and a demon had taken it and now she wants this kid. Like the demon wants the the actual child that was born. Um, and it's like just watching this actress who, because I'm trash at knowing anybody's names, I don't know, um, just sort of have this mental breakdown and, and it really does a good job kind of towing the line of is she crazy or not until the end where... They definitively answer that. Oh, that sounds so huh. boring. It's really good. Okay. Well, then uh, hopefully it's better because that just sounds, oh, man, it sounds boring to me. I don't know. I, Maybe it, it's good, though. All I picture is like a demon on one side of the table and a woman on the other, and they're talking about swapping babies. It's not like that. Oh, okay. That would maybe be better. I don't know. Depends on how the film. <laughs> Baby no. swap. This yeah, one was actually, it was pretty solid. I just did a poor job of explaining. We should it. have a demon possess a woman, get her pregnant, and then she has the baby, and the demon comes back and sues her for custody, and it's a court movie. Oh, man. All right? Okay. I'm in. You know what? I'm, that's that's my news. I'm writing that movie okay. right now, boys. <laughs> Nobody take that idea. We're, it's ours. Patent pending. Grave Talk Productions. <laughs> Grave Talk Productions. <laughs> um, I watched Trimmers 2. Yeah. Uh, not nearly as good as part one, but get I think out. you guys figured that out. It okay. didn't get a theatrical release, um, but it does star Earl. Um, Earl seems a little muted and uh, not quite as energetic as he was in the first one. And the sidekick they introduce is no Kevin Bacon. Um, he's a 90s, 20-year-old kid who's just kind of annoying to watch on screen. Is it the kid from the first one grown up? No. Damn. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so basically uh, a group has come to Earl's trailer and hired him to kill graboids in Mexico. Okay, Mexican and graboids. I think he's getting 50000 per kill. So a lot of the movie is just a lot of sitting in the back of the truck and watching a, a dynamite blow up in the ground. Um, the worms aren't utilized nearly as well. Sometimes you'll see the head pop out for a little bit. Uh, you can definitely tell the budget Let's might cut, have been yeah. cut a little bit on this Does one. he actually get paid at the end of the movie? He gets the girl at the end of this one. 50000 a kill doesn't sound like enough, to be honest. No, that's a good amount of money, man. If he 50, captures 000. a live one, he gets hundred k For a graboid? I mean, we saw what three of them did to his little town. There's literally a montage of him blowing up at least 12. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Does he get paid, though? Like I'd assume, but it rolls credits before he gets cashed Is it the Mexican government? Yeah, or? because at some point, he has to call in Michael Gross for backup. And he Fuck shows yeah. up in just like a military truck full of weaponry. Did he have to pay Michael Gross in advance for his help? Or does he get paid at, at the end of the at thing? At some point, it becomes Let's a Let's get into the finances of Tremors 2 here. Because <laughs> yeah. this is what I'm really concerned about. Is he getting, what are these, checks or cash? or he stock options? Yeah. I think he's just getting discounts at uh, Warm World uh, okay, okay. United. Yeah. Uh, he's getting paid in kind. I, I think it. I think you may have mentioned this in like passing conversation one day, but is Michael Gross still wearing his Atlanta Hawks hat? Yes, he is. Fuck yes. So, Atlanta Hawks, baby. 2019. You watch out. <laughs> we'll gladly accept your sponsorship. Atlanta Hawks. We want. That's we'll right. be send, your shills. Really, send, all, send all your Atlanta Hawks merchandise too. Yeah, great. <laughs> Any talk. NFL team at all to be anyone. This, this is NBA, dude. Yeah, NBA Hawks? basketball. Ah, I'm yeah. bad at sports. The Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> I was thinking Falcons. <laughs> Hawks, Falcons. They're all fucking I think birds. The Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks in football. Anyway, who gives a shit about football? Yeah. Basketball um, for life. Look, baby. Any sports team that wants to sponsor. Obviously, I know a lot about sports, so I'd be great to talk about your teams and whatever sports they play. 
<laughs> all right, we're changing gears here. We're now an all sports team. Welcome back to Sports Talk. Um, Michael Gross and Reba McIntyre have separated in film two. Oh, that's sad. Um, the reason being is that the fall of the USSR has made Michael Gross's character not have anything to be afraid of, and he's lost his gumption. Well, what are you going to be afraid of without the Russians? So you're saying Reba left him because he had nothing to prepare for? Correct. Wow, that's really shallow of her. Yeah. yeah. In 10 years, he could have been afraid of Al-Qaeda. He just had to hang in there, man. Yeah, you know, marriages go through rough patches. Yeah. I feel like that's one they should have really gone to some counseling on. What about aliens? He could have prepared what if against Kevin Bacon graboids? became a marriage counselor and they went to see Kevin Bacon? That's another movie they could have done. That's Tremors 4. God, we are full of good ideas. <laughs> Somebody hire us. Yeah. Um, so Atlanta an- Hawks hire us to write your movies. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to continue through pushing on into the Tremorverse. Um, move into three, four, and five. I'm going to get to that goddamn snow one. Yeah, thank you for your sacrifice, Mark. Godspeed, man. Godspeed. <laughs> I'll keep you up to date on my travels. Uh, Garrett, anything from you? You know, just normal stuff. Just kind of, you know, watching movies, checking things out. I'm kind of excited um, for some of the new horror movies. It's been a really good... It seems like it's going to be a really good year for horror. I it's mean... a lot of stuff on the horizon. A little, a little bit of a renaissance, if you will. Uh, maybe it's just because I haven't been paying as much attention to previous years. But we've got that new Halloween. Mm-hmm. We've got stuff like The Meg, which I don't know. That's kind of horror, right? It's monster. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've got a lot of really good horror movies coming out. I'm still lately. hoping that Hereditary turns out to be something good. That yeah. comes out... That Puppet Master movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I don't know. This I just kind of just kind of been taking it all in. It's been pretty interesting. Yeah, good time to be a horror fan for sure. A um, little bit of news that has to relate to today's topic. Um, Toho, the owners of the Godzilla property over in Japan, is not going to move forward with Shin Godzilla two. Instead, they are going to create their own massive kaiju filled cinematic universe. I hate you so much. Are you right excited? Now. Well, yeah, I was just thinking, man, the world needs more cinematic universes. There's just not enough of them. Uh, Everybody so, wants that Marvel money. Yeah, but none of them want to make Marvel-quality films. <laughs> yeah, so just in case you didn't know, Legendary, the company in the U.S. that currently has uh, optioned the rights for Godzilla, is doing their own MonsterVerse. So we have to contend with that. And then in 2021 is when Toho will begin ramping up their own MonsterVerse once Wait. they have... Uh, cleared through the legendary uh, films. What do you mean their own monsterverse legendary? Aren't we just, we got the Godzilla, we got Kong Skull Island, and then the next movie is King of the Monsters, right? Where they all show up and fight, right? Well, Godzilla 2 is going to have Mothra, Rodan, and King Ghidorah. You know who it probably won't have? Godzilla. That's <laughs> that's a good, wait, so We'll, we'll get into on. that a little hold bit. On. So the next movie is not all the monsters fighting each other? The next movie is Godzilla... Uh, King of the Monsters, which has the Rodan, King Ghidorah, and Mothra. It does not include King Kong. Godzilla versus King Kong will follow this 2019 film. Oh, I hate this so much. So after that movie ends, I believe Toho then has uh, the right to build their own cinematic universe. So this Godzilla cinematic universe is just going to be three movies. Apparently, unless there's some other deals worked yeah. out where they can just begin doing their own thing. We have thing. a word for that. It's called trilogy. That's not a cinematic <laughs> universe. That's, That's just universe. a trilogy. Who knows? <laughs> Until we get that Mothra yeah. you know, spinoff movie. It says, after 2021, we're thinking of a potential strategy that releases Godzilla movies uninterrupted at a rate of every two years, although there is a preference for a yearly pace as oh, well. kill me now. That is from Toho's Keija Ota. In an article. Look, I'm going to say something that may be controversial. I guess I'll find out. 
I don't think Godzilla's popular enough to support it every two-year Godzilla f- release. I don't think that's that controversial. I think that's absolutely the truth. I think maybe once every five years, something like that. But there, I mean, no one... I just don't think there's the Godzilla audience dying for five Godzilla movies a decade. Well, and not only that, you've got the American Eye, the, the legendary Godzilla films coming out every whatever, and then you've got the Toho ones coming out every year or two. That's an, that's called oversaturation. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's, it happens with all this kind of stuff. That oh, didn't they, they learn to... any lessons from Melrose Place? You need to tone it down and keep it limited. If anything can be gleaned from Saved by the Bell, the college years, <laughs> and Saved by the Bell, the new classes, you don't want to oversaturate your market. Um, uh, no, they never learn. Saved by the Bell can't teach everybody, I guess. <laughs> Where's Mr. Belding when we need um, Well, let's get into it. Uh, the first one we're going to kick off with is Godzilla 2014, directed by Gareth Edwards. Uh, this one is starring a cardboard cutout of Aaron Taylor Johnson as Ford Brody, Brian Cranston as Joe Brody, Ken Watanabe, Dr. Ishiro Sirazawa, and Elizabeth Olsen as Ellie Brody. Let's get into the back of the box. Luckily, it's not too long. So, Can I guess what it says? Unlike this movie. <laughs> back of the box. Here we go. I don't know what it's going to say, but here's my take on it. It's going to say... A snooze fest from beginning to end. Did you ever want a Godzilla movie without Godzilla? Well, we've got you fucking covered. It probably doesn't say fucking. Let me take that back. They wouldn't curse. Um, right, they we, would. Yeah, we've got you covered. Um, do you think Brian Cranston's going to be in here? Ooh, prepare for a surprise. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's go just start taping that to the box of DVDs in the Walmart. I'm into that. Uh, it actually says this spectacular adventure pits Godzilla, the world's most famous monster against malevolent creatures that bolstered by humanity's scientific arrogance, threaten our very existence. Wrong. Yeah. Lots <laughs> of one. Wait, is that it? Is that it? It's not spectacular. Oh, it's is not Godzilla the most famous monster? No, that, that seems like a bit I mean, of a he's reach. He's pretty fucking famous. He's probably right? in the top five. I don't know if he's fam- the most famous. And uh, scientific arrogance? I don't think so. How many Twitter followers does Godzilla have? Yeah, yeah. Get at me, Godzilla. What's your Twitter followers? <laughs> at Godzilla, your movie was shit, son. <laughs> at me, Zilla. <laughs> um, God, I hate this movie so much, you guys. I hate it so much. All right, let's now. Get- I chose to do these movies because. I think monsters, even though they're not like, these aren't like necessarily like horror movies, I do feel like these monsters like fall into the realm of like horror and monsters and scary, you know, ideas because the concept of Godzilla and King Kong and stuff is very scary when you think about it. Like these giant primordial, like, you know, prehistoric type creatures that could just fuck some shit up. Like, so I was like, yo, let's talk about these movies. Not remembering how fucking bad Godzilla was. So I apologize in advance. For making us watch this movie again. Well, Garrett, I don't appreciate it. I'll tell you that much. Uh, yeah. We didn't appreciate what we saw in the theater where you basically <laughs> spilled your drink everywhere at Draft House. <laughs> then you fell asleep halfway through this movie. Yes, I slept through the yeah. worst part of the film, thankfully. I Which got was everything in. after yeah. Cranston. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Monster movies probably are in the overarching family of horror. Um, I would say that's probably true don't like them though and these are bad examples of a franchise i don't already don't like a well, type one of, of one of them is one of so them so that's is. interesting you say that you hate them so much because when i was a kid growing up i would rent a godzilla monster movie almost every weekend oh, i never watched um, them i love those films to the point where me and my next door neighbors would come into my house and we would climb all over the furniture and pretend to be our favorite godzilla creature 
Lame. Which? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you, you go tell seven-year-old me that, and I'll fight you. I'll tell you what. Uh, my favorite monster was Gigan. Um, he's a big uh, scaly guy with talons and one like Cyclops-style red eye with razor blades in his belly. No. He really gets you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Never watched you? any of I think the first Godzilla movie I saw was the 1998 one. The oh, Broadway one? Yeah. No wonder you hate him so much. No, because I've watched others since then. And I mean, I, I appreciate the appeal. Um, they're just not for me. Any monster movies. I mean, the closest one I would think like is my favorite is probably Pacific Rim. Uh, and that's just because it's amazing. Um, it's a very good one. Yeah. I mean, maybe Cloverfield is okay. I kind of like that one, mostly because it if was... If you don't get seasick. Yeah, it was filmed very much like a horror movie, and, though. And so much I, in the vein of this Godzilla movie, you don't see shit of the monster in Yeah, that's either. true. Fuck that. What was your experience with Godzilla, Garrett? Uh, well, you know, I was kind of... Kid, I didn't really go towards a lot of the, the horror stuff, but I did enjoy a good monster movie. I watched a lot of um, King Kong repeatedly. Um, I watched some Godzilla films. I kind of checked out on Godzilla when it started getting really bizarre, when they started having like these really crazy superpowers, you know, like where his like a hand would open up and like a weird like scaly missile would shoot out, like stuff like that. I was like, okay, I'm not really into that as much as the idea of giant prehistoric monsters fighting to the death. That sounds like the entire Shoya period of Godzilla. Um, all the 60s and 70s yeah. um, movies were kind of silly, but those were the ones I grew up on and loved so much because that's when they introduced like Mecha Godzilla. They were He's really amazing. Fun, but yeah, for me, it was more about the that kind of like the scary idea that like these giant prehistoric type monsters could exist still and they would just like, we're nothing to them. Like we're in the way. Like I love that concept. And plus as a kid, I missed a lot of the whole like, we're responsible for creating Godzilla, you know, by with our nuclear. St- I mean, I missed the whole like subtle subtext of like, well, not subtle because it wasn't subtle at all. But well, it's interesting you mentioned that because the uh, Godzilla film Gojira that came out in I believe it was 1956 or something like that was originally in response to the atomic war and the bombings of yes. Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That particular film was not presented to us with any of that atomic message in it. And America didn't even see that version of the film until 2004. Wow. Wait, really? Yeah. That's when it was finally released in America. Um, what happened was, is after Godzilla blew up in Japan, <laughs> pun not intended, sorry. Uh, you could say he wrecked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever Godzilla became a, a, a blockbuster hit, the Americans bought the rights to the film and only used about 60% of it, and then filmed the white guy. Well, that explains why I didn't see those messages, because... Yeah, they weren't present. Yeah. I think there was still a hint of, like, nature versus man, but it wasn't like, yeah. man was his, his own undoing, you know? that Which is lost. kind of what they put in this new Godzilla movie, the whole nature versus man, you know? Any man who feels that they understand, or they can control nature is a fool type thing, and there was a little bit of the, like, the nuclear stuff, but in this one, we're to understand that Nuclear didn't create him, but no. The, in he, in twenty fourteen, they even say that they were trying to blow him up with yes, atom bombs. That's yeah. what the, the test we were doing in the the ocean and stuff like that with our atom bombs was us trying to kill Godzilla. So like it's that. it's a little interesting. I, I kind of wish they would have kept the original message. To be honest, yes, that I was such so a better message. This whole movie is all over the place, though. But you can say that about the Godzilla franchise: sixty years spanning thirty plus movies. Yeah. He's gone through a lot of his own trials and tribulations. I think we all, well, maybe not John, remember Son of Godzilla, that little dopey looking piece oh, of shit. God, I hate. I him. know of him because uh, I just do, but. It's no, like I never if Gumby it. fucked Godzilla and basically <laughs> had a tiny little baby. That's how fucking stupid it was. It's so bad. Um, 
Yeah, but uh, let's kind of, you want to just dive right into this film? No, let's not, but we're going to have to. So let's get through Godzilla because I want to talk about Kong, which I really like. Okay, so the film starts off and uh, it can be argued. I don't think anybody's going to, but the first 40 minutes of the film are the most interesting of the film. Yes. It's not even 40 minutes. It's not? I think it's like 30 minutes max. Okay, real quick about this. The trailer for this movie came out. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, hold the on. Fucking trailer. Calm down, Mark. We're going to talk about <laughs> it. Um, so the first teaser uh, comes out, and it's the scene where the paratroopers jump through the clouds, and you see like the silhouette of Godzilla, and it kind of roars, and then boom, that was the teaser, and everyone's like, "That looks sick. Let's go." The guy who made that trailer deserves a fucking award because yes. I had no interest in this American Godzilla until I saw that thing. And then I watched it about 20 times before he the took, movie came he out. He took 30 seconds of movie and made an entire teaser trailer out of it and made us all stoked. Yeah. And the next trailer comes out and it's basically Brian Cranston versus Godzilla. That's the entire trailer. You basically think Cranston is like the pivotal everything about this movie. And there's also Godzilla. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes into this movie, Brian Cranston's character is gone, like yes. dead. Killed in Stupidly. the line of duty. Yes, it's basically, he like, he serves such a ancillary part of the plot, like not even like about a third of the way through, he's just gone. And then you're left with the most boring, wooden, cardboard cutout, as you said, mm-hmm. characters who have no motivation, they have plot motivation, but like they don't seem like they give a shit. Oh, it's so fucking bad. I hate this movie so much, you guys. They killed off the guy that could actually act. And then left us with a guy who really can't anchor a movie all the way to the end of a two-hour film. Two hours and like nine minutes. It is so unbearably long. And you see so little of the monster himself. I think it's somewhere between eight to ten minutes, depending uh, on how. You're great at seeing, oh, Godzilla's about to have a fucking battle. Let's close these doors or let's pan away or let's watch some kid watching it on the news. I didn't fucking... That was the most insulting part. When yeah. that kid was watching Godzilla fight on a tiny little TV, I was like, Fuck you, movie. Yeah. It's like, how dare you not show this to me? Then that was a thing of the time where they were making all these horror movies, or not horror movies, these monster movies, without showing the monster, because I I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. Well, Cloverfield kind of really sealed that shit home with the whole, like, we can cheapen our budget. But that movie had a budget, though. Yeah, you can can try to blame it on things like budget, but but through the entire film, buildings are falling down, planes are falling out of the sky, there's explosions... And they choose to show the kind of generic looking Mudo creatures, which are like giant so insect much. bugs that Godzilla ends up fighting in this film. And it's like, dude, I don't give a shit about these guys. I didn't understand how did those things evolve to eat nuclear weapons? There's not enough nuclear energy naturally on the earth for something that big to evolve into a species. So I don't understand how this thing even came to exist. They didn't bother explaining it at all. They just were like, oh, yeah, this thing eats nuclear energy. But it's like, okay, until 70 years ago, that didn't exist. So well, okay, what was it so doing until then? This is kind of what they basically say is, um, and if I'm wrong about this, which I don't know if any of us will know, but if I'm wrong or about care, this, to listeners, be honest. <laughs> write in and fucking bitch at me on Twitter or something like that. So basically, like, you, the opening credit scene is all this, like, news footage and redacted documents about how we, like, tested nuclear bombs and, like, you know, all this kind of stuff. And you later find out in the movie that the bomb tests, like, the atomic bomb tests and stuff like that, were us trying to kill like Godzilla and other monsters and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but that's in the credit scene. Then yeah. it starts up and then you realize that this nuclear plant in um, Japan? Yes. Japan is um, kind of under attack and you're, you're led to kind of think, oh my God, this might be Godzilla, you guys. They start getting seismic readings. Uh, Brian Cranston in particular is noticing these patterns coming from the Philippines. 
Yes. Um, and he can tell that they are not something natural because they're not, they're too sporadic, right? The, sporadic, but timely. It's a pattern right. as opposed to randomness. And like they're an getting earthquake. stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, Brian Cranston works at this plant along with his wife. and A they, nuclear plant, a nuclear energy plant. Correct. His wife is basically on the front lines of working with the nuclear material of some kind, I think. Well, as these seismic rhythms get stronger and stronger, they're like, these seismic readings can basically just, you know, like you got to be concerned that seismic activity can mess up a power plant, a nuclear power plant. Mm -hmm. So he goes there and he's like, oh my God, this is not just randomness. This is something, shut it all down. And as they're shutting it down, Brian Cranston's wife's doing something and it cracks and there's a leak, a radiation leak. And he has to like lock her in this room where she dies. Yeah, she gets sealed in with all the radioactive material. And they have a son. Ultimately dies, right? And the son played by um, cardboard cutout. That's good enough. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron Taylor Johnson. um, Who was Quicksilver in the Avengers movie. Correct. So it kind of flash forwards from there, right? And then it opens up on... uh, God, I can't, he's so boring. I forget his name. I got to scroll. So back Cranston up. seals his Aaron wife Taylor. in. Yeah, Cranston seals his wife in, and he's like, "Oh my god!" And no, he doesn't seal it. He tries to. They're like, he's like, "Keep the doors open. I gotta go get my wife. Fuck everybody else. Uh, I need to go to the safe." But his and wife then, says, "I'm not gonna make it close the doors," and he has right. to do it knowing that he's sealing her fate. Which, to be fair, her fate was already sealed. Yeah, but she's totally. And then they're like, the second door slowly shuts, and oh, and so then stupid. you find out that the plant supposedly was shut down. It was shut down and sealed that entire town because it was a radiation leak because the the accident. So that entire Japanese city is kind of like quarantined. Right. It's and shut then, down and evacuated and because of the potential radiation issues. And we get a time jump to having the son grown up. He's now in the military. He's married to Elizabeth Olsen, and they now have a child of their own. Scarlet Witch from the Avengers. Correct. Which is a weird dynamic when you think about how they were brother and sister in that film. <laughs> yes. But here they're married. Um, so we kind of get a look at their life. Um, he just, is he coming back from Iraq or he's getting shipped off or he's something like that? He's like conveniently like also like a nuclear weapons expert. Don't no, no, no he's, he's a bomb expert. Bomb expert. He's a bomb okay. expert. He knows how yeah. to Disarm. dismantle bombs. That's his specialty. And he's called back to Japan because his father, Brian Cranston, has been sneaking back in or attempting to sneak back into the, the uh the site that was closed down and apparently quarantined off to get proof that he's not crazy. He's yes. pretty shit at it. Because Cranston's like, it That's wasn't an in. earthquake. It's not just a leak in the thing. There's something else out there. You know, he's the, the like, the sky's falling person. And everyone's like, oh, he's just crazy yeah. old Brian Cranston. Like, I'm not crazy. I'll prove it. Just let me get my diskettes, which were what? They were zip disks, man. No, they were floppy disks. Were they, they floppy? Were floppy. floppy. I thought they were zip disks no. for like 2000. They All were right. floppy disks. The fate of the future. Was on 1.3 megabytes. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, sweet megs, baby. So he gets in, he gets the data, and they get picked up by a, an organization introduced. It's going to become important to also King Kong called Monarch. Okay, so that was Monarch. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I was going to ask about that. But it's I was like, the, the only thing that really stitches these two movies together. Well, I was going to, because I didn't catch that when I first watched Godzilla, and I was like, where the fuck is Monarch yeah, in all and this? And Ken Watanabe is the uh, lead scientist. So if you think about it, this doesn't... <sighs> They're, they're 
piecing together a universe after the fact, unlike Marvel, which tried to do it, you know, with a bit of thoughtfulness because they are like shocked by the existence of Godzilla and these Mutus or whatever, but they would know already that King Kong exists and an island of giant fucking things exists because Kong Skull Island was in the 70s and this is set in 20 whatever, 15. Well, we don't know how disclosed everyone at Monarch is, but yes, ideally since that group was designed to specifically investigate monster... If this was a Marvel film, we would have seen... Hey, remember that King Kong shit? Right. Like some way to tie these two together, but because they didn't think they were making the universe when they made Godzilla, and then we're like, we want some of that sweet Marvel money. They're trying to just jam it together DC style, and it's not working. DC style. Poor DC. <laughs> like the son gets called to pick up Cranston because he gets caught breaking into this city, and he's like, Dad, you got to stop this nonsense. It's quarantined off. There's nothing in there. And the dad kind of is like, no, look, I'm being serious. So the son agrees to help them. They sneak back into the quarantine zone by the nuclear power plant that was shut down. Then they get picked up by Monarch. Right. And then they apparently have been surrounding one of the Mutos that has been lying dormant there. Right. But this is back to my original question. Do they explain now, did the nuclear power plant create the Mutos or they already existed? They already existed. Right. So how? Well, they, they were giant prehistoric monsters. Right, but that existed where did they on this get planet. radiation from to eat? Well, I think it was just basically like, like say you, you know, you're I know, a kid. I know the answer that you're looking for, and I can tell you what it is. No, I'm not looking for any answer. I just want to know if no, there is I'm, one. I'm going to tell you the answer is actually in King Kong. Is it? Yes. It's in Skull Island. Oh. Um, during the explanation of knowing the existence of giant creatures, they say something to the effect of back in the uh, Jurassic period or whatever the fuck time uh-huh. frame it was, the surface was far more radioactive than it is today. As the oh. radiation lessened, they traveled deeper and deeper into the core of the planet where there's still radiation for them to eat. Yep, See, that's all I needed to know. <laughs> well, that was there, but you have oh, to pay it was in a different movie. The, you have to pay attention to both movies. But well, the movie the, that's a lot of work. No one would have thought back in 2015, <laughs> I better pay attention to Kong 2018. Do you think <laughs> Kong was basically like, yo, we got to try to fix some of these bullshit plot holes? I think or do so. you think it was just like a natural progression? Do you think I'm, it was in King Kong? No, it absolutely was. Right? It Not absolutely God. was. John Goodman's or the either the black kid or John Goodman's like character um, explains something like that. But yes, it is. It is. Now I'm satisfied. I love Godzilla now. Totally signed (laughs) on. We fixed it. But this is a problem that I had with that, though, is like you think that the seismic activity that breaks this place down was Godzilla. You're led to think that it's Godzilla. Right. And then they get captured. They get taken into this base and you find out that it's one of the Mutos. And you're like, oh, so it wasn't Godzilla at all. Again, no Godzilla at this point in the movie. Then Brian Cranston's like, damn it, you don't understand. These things are going to blah, 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 blah. So MUTO is an acronym for Massive Unidentified Terrestrial Organism. If anybody's wondering, like, what is it? Well, they keep saying MUTO. I don't know. Giant, weird, like, you know. Stupid bugs. Giant bugs. Yeah, Yeah. like Starship Troopers, but really large bugs. So right when they, Brian Cranston's in a holding cell, he's getting interrogated. Well, you're looking at me right now like I'm in a fish tank, right? That's fine, because I know what happened here. And you keep telling everybody that this place is a death zone, but it's not. You're lying. Because what's really happening is that you're hiding something out there. I'm right, aren't I? My wife died here! Something killed my wife! And I have a right to know! I deserve answers! He's like, this shit is, it's happening again. It's the same thing that happened back when my wife got killed. It's about to go down. Ken Wantanabe is like, oh, fuck. 
is, or as soon as Brian Cranston says that shit, uh, the Muto wakes up yeah, and starts I, destroying the, uh, the area. So the one guy's like, I've been studying this for 20 years or whatever. And Brian Cranston was like, bro, it's electrical pulses. He's like, fucking, of course it is. Why didn't I think of that in the 20 years that I've been studying this? Never clicked. And also their great plan was, I don't know, we'll just throw some wires on this egg or whatever. So that when it like launches or launches, eggs don't launch. When it hatches. Uh, launch the eggs. <laughs> completely unprepared. They're like, oh shit, this thing is big. I'll be honest, man. I've got zero faith in Monarch based on these two films. No, they're not good at they're, their they're jobs. Well, that's another thing, too, is so like, you know, Wantanabe is like, oh, my God, Cranston's right. It's electrical impulses. The thing is, though, is Cranston called the weird pattern behavior back in the day when this shit first went down. Right. Why would they not immediately be like, Cranston says it's something that's not, you know natural why isn't he involved in monarch why didn't they hire his ass into monarch right. and be like yo man what insight do you have on this because cranston's already researching it bring him on board clearly he's, he's yeah. been doing this shit for several years they think it would hurt he's some better at his about- job than monarch is at their job exactly well they have no nick fury to kind of bring it all together that's the problem well See? they could have if samuel jackson from comic yes. school island was still around Look, what if that's nick fury's i want to talk story? to you about the monarch initiative oh we will <laughs> exactly <laughs> So, and they should have had something like that. So anyway. But because of unseen circumstances, well, uh, that's not true. It's very seen. The Mudo's yeah, huge. Easily predictable. And yeah. it uh, it kills Brian Cranston in the process. It wakes up and it basically like, yeah, fucks everybody up with this site and then runs off. And, and I then, remember watching that happen in the theater going, oh, fuck. They just killed the most interesting human yeah. in the movie. Oh, we both leaned forward and looked at each other like, did that just happen? Like. This cannot go well for Not us. like this is superb writing. Oh my God, he's dead. It's like, oh fuck, they killed the most interesting guy on screen. I refuse to believe it. I was like, he's going to come back. They'll figure some shit out. He does not come back. Yeah, because it's- he's the, his son in the movie is such a cardboard cutout. It's like, oh no, they're anchoring this guy to be the lead of the film. Yeah. And fuck. I am 100% tired of in monster movies or fucking alien movies or um, horror movies following around military jarhead teams. I am so over this. Stop trying to get me to care about these military people who have protocols and rules and none of them fucking follow anything. I'm so disconnected when they have a military person who's just like, all right, let's do it. We're military. It's like, I don't care. There's no way I can relate to this because you guys have access to do shit and you never do anything. Yeah, so at, at this point, the film becomes, let's follow the monsters, right? Yeah. Uh, they f- they realize that there's two of them, not just the one, because they are hearing an echo uh, answer and call delivery between the two right. creatures. They're like, oh, shit, there's actually two of them. Oh, shit, one of them's male, one of them's female. They're going to reproduce and fuck us all. Right, and they the male, I think it's the male, fucks up Las Vegas. The one that flies is male, right? Male, yeah. Yeah, so he so. fucks up Las Vegas. That was because right, there's right. nuclear waste there. Yeah. They did bury nuclear waste nearby because of their testing and stuff. So it, it's drawn to that area. It's hungry. It's right. going to go to Las Vegas and eat that waste. Um, well, and he's got is... to bulk up before he goes. Right. And, and then they have on, an idea, you know? which it's got a long night ahead. Yeah, the idea is fairly sound. Like, all right, we'll bait them with some nuclear weapons, and then they're like, hey, we have we're. America, we have a gazillion ways to transport things. Let's fucking use a train. That's going to be slow <laughs> enough that uh, it, then the, what anyone could have seen coming if they thought about this for two seconds. Say, mister, this train going to Las Vegas? Yeah. Might have a hitch a ride? <laughs> so they were like, okay, we're going to fucking train uh, these nuclear weapons to San Francisco. And the, the Mudo was like, why am I going to wait for it to get to San Francisco? And just attacks the train, which obviously makes sense. 
So they lose all of their bait. I had never thought about that until you guys just said that. But why would you use train when you yeah, can put it on fucking a fucking fly plane? it there? They're not like massive. They're like well, they're the mutos. Big, the mutos do a, have some sort right, of two hundred uh, miles. So get it within two hundred miles and then put it in a car and get it the rest of the way. Were they worried but, about the EMP that they could deploy? The mutos can basically short circuit any electronic. Right, but they had that graphic that showed the little bubble around them. So there is a a, a range that they could be without. You could have gone around. Them. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're with with good. It's a little bit longer, yes. but not as long as train. Right. right. Train was the worst possible tunnels and shit. Like, what are they? <sighs> so, by the way, at this point, we've not seen Godzilla. No, we saw one. We saw evidence of we Godzilla. We see his fins in the water. We see his yeah. back spine. Well, and it's finally during the attack. Is it Las Vegas that Godzilla finally shows up, or yeah. is it San Francisco? Oh, I don't remember where we see him first. Well, those, so the first thing we see of Godzilla is him having like walk through Hawaii. And you just see like a trail that goes to the water. So yes, as the Mudos are moving their way to each other from Las Vegas, from Japan, yeah. they're kind of trying to meet up. And they're going to end up meeting up in like San Francisco-esque area yeah. or Las Vegas, somewhere around that area. Okay. You basically realize that Godzilla has been woken up too in this Somehow, process. Somehow, yeah. Because Godzilla is the natural predator of these Mudos. Ken Watanabe is like... It knows it'll fix itself. We should just let nature do its thing. Right. right? He then, just wants to step aside and tell man to shut the fuck and up. And the military is like, no, we're going to stop these our way. Right. And then there's a jarhead general who's like, we're going to nuke the fuck out of it with a bigger bomb <laughs> yeah. than we had hey, back Ken in the Watanabe's day. Like, you realize you're going to nuke the coast, right? And he's like, small price to pay for the... And it's like, oh, yeah. God, here we go. Two dumbass things that these military people do. One, you ha- they have their whole naval fleet just a, like... Within two feet of fucking Godzilla. It's like these boats don't have to be, they have radar, they have radio, they have so, you don't have to be right, like, we better look at this guy the whole fucking time. Yo, Godzilla, (laughs) where's your running crew? Yeah, it's like if he had just like, he would like just flipped a little hand, he would have destroyed the whole US Navy. Yeah, they really had no idea he was going to be friendly to humans. Right. And they were just like, hey, what's up? Yeah, let's get really up close to him. And then he gets in the water the first time and it causes like a gigantic just tsunami of death. Which hits Hawaii as, right. as the Mudos are moving towards each other. Godzilla's following and they, they cross over um, Hawaii. And one of the, because there's two males and one female Mudo. Yeah. And um, no, no, there's one there's, and one. There's one oh, and one. one. There's one only one? two yeah, Mudos in total oh, and Godzilla. Christ, I can't even you imagined a third. Yeah. I just wanted more monster in yeah, this monster I'm, movie. Might have improved it. So basically, like the tsunami that Godzilla creates hits, um, hits Hawaii. Yeah. And uh, Godzilla moves his way through. And so Hawaii's kind of fucked, and they keep moving towards each other. So you see some brief spine action on the back of uh, Godzilla's back. It does not count. People count that as having seen Godzilla. That's bullshit. No. That does not count. I want no. a full body shot. Okay. Also, it doesn't explain <laughs> how at the end of the movie, spoiler, Godzilla doesn't die. He goes back into the bay and somehow doesn't cause another tsunami of death. This time he's more we'll, careful, We'll get I into guess. that in a minute. But yeah, so that's the, the overall plot Inconsistent. of the point is the Mudos are moving to, towards each other. Ken Watanabe is like, Godzilla will fix it. The military is like, we're not going to trust that giant monster. We're going to kill them all. All they do is get in the way. That and, is all that they accomplish. And ultimately, movie. we cause the big uh, possible destruction that we have to then defuse. Right. Because we send in a nuclear warhead that's going to be 80 million times stronger than the one from, that we dropped on Godzilla back in the day. At some point, they realize, uh, this probably wasn't a good idea. Right. The Mudo just takes it. He's like, thank you for bringing this. Right. And, and attaches it to a bunch of eggs. It's basically going to feed the next generation of Mudos. And they're like, 
hey, cardboard cutout of uh, Brian Cranston's son, uh, you defuse bombs, right? Yeah. Hey, that's convenient. Do you want to go ahead and do this on this bomb we well, accidentally gave to the Mudos? They didn't even invite him. He just walks into a briefing. Oh, you're right. He's like, and, I'll do it. Yeah, he's like, I'm, no, no, he's, I'm like, in. He's, like, he's like, you have to take me. Yeah. You have to take me. And I was like, any normal military person would be like, dude, you are too emotionally invested in this. Right. You're sitting this out. But no, the guy's like, all right. Sounds like Saddle we need up, to. partner. You're just like, what yeah. the fuck is wrong well, with you? They, do not take the guy who's like clearly emotionally distressed to defuse a fucking they, bomb. They do say he's the only one left after the train attack. But I'm like, I don't, I mean, the whole world, the whole world, right. they can't fly somebody over here. Yeah, um, it's a big place. And uh, the world's a big place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can take nothing away from this podcast. Know that the world is a big place. I, we did. I did skip over what I believe is the dumbest scene in this whole movie. Okay, so what is it? They're evacuating on the, the 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 kids on that school bus, and they're on the Golden Gate Bridge, and they can't go any further because there's a roadblock that's blocking essentially nothing at all. They are they're just halting traffic. Yeah, half of the the police force is getting these people on the buses, leading them to a fucking bridge where the other half of the police force is saying, "Hang out here." They never explain it. So finally, there's got to be humans on the bridge. So there's tension. Yeah, right. right. That's, That's essentially what it is. Because finally is. the bus driver just floors it and there's nothing. He just leaves the bridge. It's like, oh, all right. So basically you find, out, you find out the Mudos are going to San Francisco. That's, well, they've got the bomb. They're going to yeah, reproduce. The, yes. the, 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 mom's, the mom Mudo is basically going to start like dropping her eggs. And she's done that. And the military guys who are there with the nuke, or like basically the nuke is with the Mudo. She's laying her eggs in San Francisco. Godzilla's on his way to San Francisco to kill the Mudos. So that's when we get the uh, the scene with the Golden Gate Bridge because Godzilla's yeah. just working his way to town. He doesn't give a shit about the Golden the Gate Bridge. The military guys are like, well, they've got our bomb. They're like, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to airdrop you into the most like non-visible conditions you've right. ever been in. You're going to go down there and you're going to get that bomb so we can basically blow up these monsters. A, While defuse it or push it out on a boat away right. from populated areas. You yes. think one of them would have gone, sir, if you could drop us in, why couldn't you have just dropped the bomb in? Well, they, that's the thing. One of the options was, we need to like, train it in, like the old days. Well, no, because remember he said, like one of the options was if we can get it out of there without killing, without not launching a nuclear bomb in San Francisco, let's do that first. They well, go no, he's saying, why didn't they just drop the bomb in there to begin, to begin with? with? Oh, the yeah, whole thing was it in. We're not going to question that kind of bullshit because so. this movie's fraught with dumbass ideas. But <laughs> sure. so they get down there and they're going to like, let's get this bomb out of here or defuse it, and then they realize that oh my god, the Mudos laid its eggs. We have to detonate this fucking right. bomb. To we kill do get all to these see eggs. the Mudos fuck. Yeah, we do, man. So Full on. Yeah. This is like this is like monster porno. It's a lot this of, is your jam. This is your yeah, movie. a lot of head rubbing. But again, we saw other monsters, but not Godzilla. Right. Still at this point, we've only seen one like torso shot of Godzilla and that and that was brief. Right, because he's about to fight the Mudo and then the, the these giant like security doors close and we so I figured follow out, Elizabeth Olsen who nobody wants to follow. Oh, so boring. All the thrills of yeah. preparing to evacuate yeah. on the screen. While a monster fight was happening, like they were just yes. fucking with us. Like I, you, I figured it out. This movie was embarrassed to show monster and it decided to use Godzilla as the Star Wars wipe. Because Godzilla yeah. was literally used as a transition to get us to the boring people. Godzilla's Whenever, a star wipe. Yes. Whenever you see <laughs> Godzilla, all he fucking was in this film. Expect the movie to cut away immediately. Yeah, and then, it, then the very end. At the very end, so basically everyone's been evacuated yeah. as best they can. The bomb is they've used it to kill the eggs, as opposed to um, 
getting it out of there. The Mamamudo is like, oh, you killed all my babies? Fuck you. I'm going ape shit. Godzilla shows up and goes like, no, you're not going to go ape shit. I'm going to stop you. That fight starts. The doors close. We go watch the family basically try to get evacuated to the Superdome or whatever the fuck it is. And then we basically realize that like, oh, we're all going to try to meet up because this is the last of it. The military guy has to go find his wife and kid. We follow that for fucking... It, what seems like another hour and a half. I think it was about three minutes. But it, yeah, it felt it like an felt hour yeah. and a half. <laughs> then we cut back briefly to the Mudo um, Godzilla fight. And then you basically see them fight very shortly. The Mudos actually kill Godzilla or were led to believe kill Godzilla. Well, they, they, he does get one of one of the best scenes in the movie. The few times they show Godzilla being a badass is when he like opens the Mudo's mouth and there's his blue fire shit in there. That yes. thing was badass. Uh, it's called Atomic Breath, John. Okay. And, okay. <laughs> and I have a couple questions about that. That was amazing. Yeah, so he More kills of that. the Mudo. Well, don't forget that... Aaron Taylor Thomas, Jonathan Taylor Cardboard, whatever the <laughs> fuck his name is, he gets the bomb away from the Mudo and goes out on a boat. Yes. And he pushes out to sea. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, the boat and goes the on like a... helicopters come in and save his dumb ass. And, uh, How did they know where he was? Then they drop him off in the Alamo Dome. I mean, they got those like, dome little trackers you put on your keys that you can find with your <laughs> they, iPhone. They gave him a tile. There you Good go. luck. Because the Mudo actually looks at Jonathan Taylor Thomas' kid I know that's not the same guy, but uh, she realizes you're the one that did this and killed all my children, starts coming at him, and that's when Godzilla grabs him, and then atomic kills the straight into Super the Super badass scene. If that movie had 10 more of those, it would finally have creeped up to like one star. And that fight was star. like what, maybe like a minute and a half long. That was it. Oh. At max. Again, as John said, you get about eight minutes of Godzilla in this two hour fucking movie. Yeah. It's yes. so boring. And then supposedly Godzilla like dies from this fight and is laying in the middle of San Francisco. And for the record, Godzilla is massive. This is the biggest Godzilla we've right. ever seen in a movie. He like towers Until Shin above Godzilla, but yes, he towers <laughs> above skyscrapers, which was so like him just walking to the coast, walking into town yeah. is going to do more devastation than any monster fight could have with the movie. He doesn't give a shit about us and our things, right? That's why he doesn't know. care about that. And that's what Watanabe says a yes. m- bunch of times is like, look, this is just where does natural collateral yeah. between something that's existed in the, the balance of the world before we even existed. So he yeah. falls all these like immediately Godzilla is surrounded by firefighters and science yeah, people. God knows where they were hanging out. John uh, ATT Anthony Taylor Thomas mm-hmm. finds his wife in the, yeah. the football well, field. They yeah. meet. They have a happy little reunion, which no one cares about. Right. Because again, we don't give a shit. Billy about Bob boring. Characters. I could not care less about him. It's so disappointing because when you do see Godzilla finally collapse, you're like, man. He, they did a great job. Someone worked so hard on like CGIing this amazing looking Godzilla for it to not be used at all. And the few times you do see it, it's at fucking night anyway. I thought he was legitimate. When we saw it in the theater, I thought this was legitimately dead. And I was like, wow, they just wrapped it up. Yeah, what a waste. waste. We saw eight minutes of something for it to be killed. And that's the end of this. I was like, what a terrible idea. When they finally revealed Godzilla in full. In the film. You mean the last 15 minutes of this movie? <laughs> well, I think it was like right around, like maybe maybe 10 minutes after Brian Cranston died. Yeah, you see snippets of him. He's on 10 screen, he's time. looking there, and he does his classic roar. Gone. And that's all you get for yeah. like 45 minutes. Up yes. until that point, I was like, holy shit, here we oh. Yeah. We don't go anywhere. I got to say, his roar, especially compared to Kong's roar, kind of wimpy. I'm not going to lie. Oh, very wimpy. No, I, I've always I, it loved reminded his me roar. Of, like the T Rex roar. It had a classic sound, but it definitely had, like, it didn't have as much impact as no. Kong's. Kong's like, roar, roar, it's like, oh, shit. Do you guys want to know how they made the roar? 
Sure. They took a bass or a cello of some kind of stringed instrument and they put uh, waxy, oily resin on a leather glove and ran it down the strings huh. and slowed that down. Oh, that's pretty cool. Or sped it up. One of the two. Okay. But yeah, it was they just a, a, a string it. instrument that made that classic oh, Godzilla. That's pretty cool. Man, huh. give it up for fucking sound guys. Yeah. Man, yeah. Those, Figuring out what to do. I believe that the the uh, sound and visual guys in this movie all did great. This was a failure of actors and directors. This is a failure so much more yeah, than that. And I'd writers. say writing, yes. Um, yeah, the absolutely. writers dropped well, the ball. Well, the, uh, the Star one. Wars uh, laser blast, like the little pew, 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 that's from like hitting like a PVC pipe on a big like tension wire on mm. a um, a giant like electrical power line. That seemed, I would love to have that job. Let's figure out how to make stuff. some sounds for cool. a movie. That kind of is pretty cool. cool. But so all that happens you realize Godzilla's not dead. As everyone's standing around, he like huffs himself awake and then gets up and it's like, rawr, I don't care about you. And then goes back into the water and walks off into nothing. And everyone's kind of like, there but goes for the grace of God. I. You know, like, it's just like, Godspeed, little right. monster. Like, it's just like, and no you one beautiful shit. son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he makes the just gentlest little wake when he walks oh, yeah. in the water. He's so gentle when he gets it in the water It doesn't make that any time. sense. The first time, he's causing, I mean, catastrophic calamities across the universe, like the world, the universe, across the whole universe. Uh, the second time, it is like, just like a kid entering a bath. And this movie's so textbook as far as like how they try to make us like um, Anthony Thomas Taylor or whatever the fuck his name is. Like, like it, in random scenes, he's just picking up rando kids and like bringing them to safety. Like he's like, it's like almost creepy. If I saw this dude like grabbing random kids in times of crisis, I'd be like, yo, is that guy a pedophile? Like, where is he <laughs> taking that kid? I mean, he's saving them, but like he does, he picks the most awkward times to step in and like help people. And I'm just like, why they keep trying to save the cat over and over again like like the first save the cat wasn't enough so they're gonna like keep repeatedly try to make us care about this dude who cares about family they're trying to give you tension and and plot points to give a shit about what's on screen it never doesn't work no sorry aaron taylor johnson we just you were better as quicksilver i think we beat the shit out of this movie pretty i'm not done i'm going in for round two boys (laughs) well why don't we get into the grave mistake of the film Um, this is where we try to determine and pinpoint the exact issue with this film, what turned us off, what took us out of it. What yeah. is this movie's grave mistake? Well, it started. <laughs> <laughs> Deciding to make a Godzilla <laughs> yeah. movie. You did it wrong, boys. Ah, uh, man, if I had to pick one of the me- of my many complaints is, I mean, the most obvious. There's just not enough Godzilla in a movie named Godzilla. If I wanted to see U.S. military ineffectually hinder, you know, monsters, then that's the movie I'd see. I wanted to see a Godzilla movie. <laughs> yeah, By the way, I love tricked. that like line. That's like exactly what should be on the back of the box. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the box. Just quote right it's there. like in quotes. This is the Great Talk Podcast, John. <laughs> Let's go tape that on the back so, of the boxes at Walmart. Um, yeah, John, you're absolutely right. Uh, the film needed way more monster. I mean. Films have had this kind of uh, formula before. Less is more, right? But when you're going to see a giant monster film, that's not what you want. You want to get the big action scenes. Right. You want to see the battles. And you want to get fair, all that stuff. Kong fixed that. Yeah. And we'll get into that. But, but when Kong you see learned like, a lesson from the bullshits of Pacific Godzilla. Rim was before this movie, right? 
Yeah. I'm like 99% uh, sure it was. Yes, I think it was. And no one, it up. no one was like, man, I wish there was less fucking monsters in Pacific Rim. I really wanted to really focus on the individuals. Right. People They're, were like, yes, monsters. This is amazing. More of this. So Not to even take that to heart, right? Yeah. Well, let's say, okay, so here's my grave mistake of the film. If we're going with the formula that less is more, the grave mistake of the film is killing Brian Cranston and anchoring this thing to Aaron. Yes. That's my, that's my grave mistake as well. There could have been a really fantastic movie if they reverse who got killed. Can you imagine if Aaron died and then we follow Brian Cranston trying to follow and figure out what to do with Godzilla? Yeah. And at the end of that film, he meets up with his grandson and his, the widow of his son. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, have like all these moments where he's losing family because of this, because people are ineffectually dealing with these issues. And Cranston's like, y'all are doing it wrong. People are dying. We've got to get our shit together. And him and Watanabe kind of form this like secret little alliance where like, we, we got to stop, stop them from using the atomic bomb. We can't bomb. stop this, but we have to like, figure this out so we can minimize because we can't stop this. And Watanabe can be the whole like, we can't control nature. We have to let it go. And Cranston could be like, you're right, but we need to figure out a way to keep us from being collateral damage in this because we've already lost too much and he's emotionally invested. That's fucking bang on, dude. Dude. That's okay. It's yeah. A vastly more interesting film. And then they could even kill Elizabeth Olsen right. at some point if they wanted and to. Just about kill everybody. Has to raise <laughs> no, his, his grandson. grandson. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then it's him and the grandson. They could have done a lot of things if they had a better writing team and director. But I think this group or, of individuals could not have pulled something that uh, emotionally mature off. Cranston, Watanabe, and that angry, you know, stereotypical general have to raise the grandson. And it's a sequel to Three, Three Men, Men and, and a baby. baby. Oh, shit. Boom. I got it. Three Men and a Baby and a Bomb. Oh, <laughs> dude, we have got so many movie ideas in this episode. <laughs> telling you, hit us up, Hollywood. We're ready. TheGraveTalk.com, baby. You can add us. But right, uh, yeah, definitely the, the biggest mistake was Cranston. I have a question, though. And Mark, you may be able to answer this for me because you're the Godzilla expert here. Okay, what do you got? Godzilla, and I think in this movie to a degree, he breathes that atomic breath, right, into the Mudo. Yes. Which makes us believe that Godzilla has radioactive shit in him. The monsters are radioactive because they eat radioactive stuff. How come every place these monsters walk through isn't immediately irradiated and basically like a dead zone? Like when I, he uses that atomic breath, wouldn't that entire place be like off the Geiger chart? I think in some of the uh, earlier Japanese films that that was a thing. Like after he would go through these areas, there would be like Geiger counter readings. But I think as time going on, the Shoya period where it's more like giant dudes in suits fighting more than the uh, effects of man on nature, that uh, it just kind of got lost. So I just didn't over 60 years, well, because, they kind of moved away from because that. Because the very beginning of the movie where they go to the, the hole that where I guess the Muto like originally lived, they're in there and they're like, man, these Geiger readings are off the chart, but they used to be even worse before this thing left or whatever it was left. But it's clearly irradiated. They're in radiation suits and stuff like that. But wherever these, wherever the, the site that they were actually, Monarch was originally working on the Mudo, even though it was in hibernation, wouldn't that place be off the charts with radiation? You would think if that's what it's eating, it's going to be emitting. When Godzilla uses it, yeah, have really breath, radioactive shit. It's just dropping just that's another really. Thing. Yeah, any of yeah. its blood spills yeah. anywhere, like that place would just basically be like, you know, ground zero for like anybody within like 100 miles. The, radi the radioactive fallout from a battle like that would just basically, San Francisco would be done. Uh, I think I know the answer to this question. Are you ready? Because I think I do know it. We have put in collectively about a thousand times more brain power into this movie than the people writing it did. 
So that's why this has happened. I will. Okay, that's probably true. I was just curious about that because I don't know if that's ever been touched yeah, on. Before. I think. I think in the very early films, um, the the Godzilla universe is split into a different various age, like the modern age, the golden age, the silver age, kind of like in comics. Okay. okay. Um, in the in the beginning, I think there was a lot more of that. Okay. That was lost over time. Radiation was a key factor in the character yeah. itself. Okay. Um, and okay. Yeah, just another I'm, random Godzilla fact: it is Gojira in Japan. And it's the combining of the Japanese word for gorilla and whale. Really? That's what Gojira oh, is. It's like a gorilla whale. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think cool. the name came before the design of the monster. I would have liked to see <laughs> a to be fair, I much really more gorilla like the new design. I, I know a lot of people had a problem with this he was design. Kind of thick. He did, but he looked like a giant fat iguana. Yeah. I, I really I, like this Godzilla. I didn't like, have any problem with it, to be honest. I, the fact Especially that he was so big. From Matthew Broderick abomination that looked like a lizard. Do you think that the the mistake of, and we'll get into this with Kong, is do you think the mistake of them making Godzilla so big forced them to make King Kong so big so they could actually like duke it out? Yeah. Do you think that was something they kind of regret at this point? Going like, ooh, we probably should have made him so big because now we have to deal with that. Like every monster we have is so massive as opposed to more manageable within well, a city or something. Because like in like John Pacific was saying, Rim, those monsters were big, but they were like manageable size within it. Right. It makes sense yeah. that they could be within a city and not accidentally destroy it with one swipe of its tail. Like John was saying, when they made Godzilla, it was supposed to be a one and done, maybe a sequel, but not a verse. Universe, yeah. So now they're having to deal with that blowback. I'm sure they're wishing that it was smaller. Though I yeah. do think Kong in the movie is smaller than Godzilla is because they had that throwaway line of, oh, he's still growing. Yes, they did. They did basically say so he's they, still yes. adolescent. But we should we get that to Kong. But like, as far as Godzilla goes, this movie was fucking atrocious. Don't this watch is, it. This is a Hollywood mistake. Like, Everyone involved in this should basically have to like write on the blackboard like a million times. I will not make a shitty monster movie because everything about it, like seriously, in the theater, we walked out of that. And Mark, I've never been to a movie with you where you walked out and were so angry. You were livid in the parking lot, dude. I like I as, as you can tell, fan. dude. I grew up with this this king of monsters, dude, and just to see him not even be in the name of his movie. Like, he's a, he's a supporting role in his own fucking film. It's just The movie featuring Godzilla. Exactly. He's basically an extra. <laughs> or a, a star wipe. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just... Uh. Uh, but, you know, I'm I'm holding a little hope out for Godzilla to... Uh, what I think it's called? King of the Monsters 2019. We got Rodan. We got Mothra. We got King Ghidorah. It's being directed by another man. So I'm hoping that they've... Are going to kind of turn it around here. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it another try. You know what I mean. I'm willing to do that. Well, um, it seems like they learned a lot. When you actually when we talk about Kong, it seems like they actually learned a lot about what they want to do with this universe because there's some scenes in Kong that basically like set the the tone for what's coming. And I feel like they kind of learned their lesson. I, God, I hope they learned their lesson. I do too. Well, why don't, unless we have any other thoughts that we want to lay at the feet of Godzilla. No, I want to proceed with the process of forgetting about this movie as fast as possible. I so. wish I could delete it from my voodoo library. <laughs> but I, I'll never watch it again. But I had to watch it for this, and this will be the last time for sure. All right, well, let's get into King Kong. Welcome back. Grave dog. I mean, for the rest of you, you didn't even know anything happened, but... Settle in. <laughs> We're about to get to our next film. Guys, I'm taking my pants off for this one. Gross. Please. All right. Uh, Kong Skull Island for 2017 is directed by John... Not John. John Waters. Directed by Jordan Voigt-Roberts. 
It stars Tom Hiddleston, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Brie Larson, John C. Riley, John Goodman, and Corey Hawkins. I was very happy with this cast. Yeah, it's a good cast. Had a lot of people in it. I'm not a huge Hiddleston fan, but like I'm really happy with this cast. John C. Riley was by far the best person in this cast, though. I see. I thought John Goodman was the best person in this oh, cast. Oh, John Goodman did great, actually. But no, yes. John C. Riley. Riley had great moments, but I feel like Goodman had like and we'll get into it, but he had that like conversation with Samuel Jackson about like monsters exist. And I was like, Oh, this is our fucking like, you know, badass like, you know, apocalypse now slash jaws slash they wanted this movie to be apocalypse now so bad. It was like apocalypse now meets jaws. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, I'm into both like of these. Every somehow it was perpetually always a setting sun. Every single time you saw the sun, it was setting apocalypse now style. Sun is rising. <laughs> Just waiting for the flight of the Valkyries to kick off and do yeah, the surfboarding. You know? Well, they do have this Kong thing. doesn't surf. <laughs> I guess you know when uh, we do the plot, we'll get to it. But they do have a tremendous idea of bombing the island to map it. That makes totally reasonable. sense. Actually, for seismic readings, that actually is a really good idea because you get seismic echo vibration readings. And back in the yeah. day, this movie takes place seventy three, right after Vietnam yeah. is finishing up. The day of. Oh, really? Oh, that's right. The day of, because yeah. Samuel Jackson. Let's let's get into the plot. Let's get into the plot. All right. Well, here's what the box has to say about this one. Better than Godzilla. <laughs> and it's if not you wrong. this one, you'll love this movie. Yeah. Uh, a team of scientists, soldiers, and adventurers explore an uncharted island in the Pacific, but their mission of discovery becomes the ultimate battle between man and nature when they venture into the domain of the mighty Kong. That's actually concise. Yeah, I'm all right with that. I like it. No I'm, complaints. I'm into these shorter boxes. Yeah. Some of the 80s and 90s, like, way in depth. Let's tell you the whole movie. Less hyperbole as well. <laughs> it was yeah. at that point that Sony... No. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys familiar with the director? Uh, Jordan is either Vogt or Voigt Roberts. Nope. What has he done? I looked him up. He's done mostly television. He did that Nick Offerman's American Ham special. Um, so this was kind of his first big film. I did a like, good job um, with him. And he's rumored to be doing a Metal Gear Solid adaptation. I I wish you had not said that. I, 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 I can't tell you. You remember when I saw the Metal Gear 5 trailer yeah. before the game came out. And like if this listeners, moment, if you don't know, that's one of Garrett's most favorite franchises. The story, the story world, the universe of Metal Gear Solid is it's near and dear to my heart. I God, I wish you hadn't said that. I hope more than anything it's good, but well, it may never even come to light of day, dude. A lot of these video game adaptations never show up anyway, oh. so we can only hope. Okay, <laughs> let's get back to Kong before I start crying. Sure. Uh, movie kicks off. We get a scene in World War II between a Japanese fighter pilot and an American fighter pilot. They both crash land on an island, and they're kind of going toe-to-toe against each other, shooting, and then, lo and behold, a giant monkey head appears behind them both. And then it splashes forward, to the end of the war, as we said. Vietnam yes. War, yeah. Samuel Jackson's on base. Everyone's like, we're going home, fellas. All right, woo. And then Samuel Jackson gets a call, and he's all like, he's like, like, what are you going to do, Captain or what is Colonel. it? Colonel. And he's like, I don't know. He's war basically is all like, I know. I will have no purpose. I will cease to be in my being, and I will just wither and rot because war is my purpose. Yes. And is so what he, you kind of gleam from that. He gets one. He gets a call real quick and is like, would you be interested in one more mission kind of off the books? And he's like, of course, I'll get my men. And their men are, his men are kind of like, yeah, we're, we're loyal to you. We'll follow you. But you'd realize we're about to go home, right? And you're not going to like this, but I totally thought of the movie Doom. 
It when was, this was that, happening. yeah. That was yeah. the same setup, almost yeah. to the Well, this, this has been an almost fucking... It's, again, we're following military yeah, personnel. I'm, I'm so done with military I'm personnel. I'm very tired of the trope. I, I agree. Um, but they're a badass crew, so they, they were selected, and um, they're going to help... They're going to be accompanying John Goodman's Monarch team. You see, well, they tell us they're a badass crew. They don't show us that, because they can get fucking whipped... Anyway, we'll get real there. Real quick, yeah. real quick, they well, get to murdered. Be compared to what they're up against, you know, I, I get it. But yeah, so we cut to John Goodman sneaking his way into a senator's office to basically be like, I need more money because I know monsters exist. I want to use echolocation by bombing this island to find out if my research paper about monsters living under the ground is true and evidently kind of blackmails this senator into giving him some money and the senator's like okay fine no he convinces him because he's like look the russians are going to be oh, there yeah that's yeah. it the whole russian thing which is the well, it wasn't even him it was his buddy yeah and, yeah. and the senator him. was like i can't believe he just made sense all right have at it yeah so this is literally your last one though. yes he did say that and this is the origin of monarch the group that's supposed to be investigating monsters and stuff like this this is their kind of their origin back when they're still crackpots and um, John Goodman's part of this team. And later we'll find out why he's in charge of this thing. But yeah, so he convinces that. So they go get a guide. And in conjunction with the military, Sam Jackson's military team, they're going right. to go to it's, this island. It's the part of the movie where they're showing them saddle up the team, get all the pieces to yeah, that team together. And then we're introduced to Tom Hiddleston, who's Loki in the Avengers film. Um, we get Brie Larson, who is the quick-witted uh, investigative reporter that uh, knows something's up. The photojournalist yeah. who's going to, yeah. who covered Vietnam. So Why did they let her this. come? I don't understand that. It's because like they, they wanted documentation. So if anything went down, they'd have someone to document it. It's, it is kind of strange for them to just, let's get a third party. Yeah. A uh, non-military third party, because exactly. the military has yeah. journalists. Yeah. Vietnam had yeah, good exactly. coverage. So it's like, why not grab one of those guys and pull them in? But no. We had to have some rando female photojournalist to come along with them. It's because we're going to need someone that can contest with Sam Jackson later on, who's not under his authority, right? So I guess so. But Hiddleston wasn't either because Hiddleston was a third party guy who just has experience being adventurer extraordinaire. And you know what? I'm really (laughs) tired of the the hesitant. I need convincing to go do a mission like lead character like. We need you to lead us into the jungle. Well, I don't know. It's like, just how about an adventure who's like, fuck yeah, let's do this. This is what I'm about. This is literally my job. Like, I don't want you to have to spend five minutes convincing our main character to do something he doesn't want to do. It's like, I want someone who's like, let's get in there. Let's let, let me just had that. That was Sam Jackson. He was like, fuck it, saddle up. Let's go. Yeah, but he was for the wrong reasons. <laughs> like, we're not supposed to like root for Sam Jackson later on. And let's just, let me put that out there that um, I really don't think Tom Middleston did an exceptional job here, nor did he po- did a poor job. He was just no. okay. I think like 90% of this movie was just okay. It was right average. Yeah. Um, he, he didn't do spectacularly well, but he didn't fail at it either. He did much better than uh, Aaron yeah, Johnson. Yeah, fucking uh, Charlie Thomas. Cardboard over there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they get the team together, and then they're uh, preparing to launch to this island that is some reason inexplicably always covered by uh, a storm of some of some kind that really makes it hard to get to the natural island phenomenon yeah right. skull island yeah. and one thing that looks I'll like point a skull. Out, and they really during this time hammer home that this is around the vietnam time because in any time that vietnam is mentioned 
with the military in any movie for the existence of time, we will hear the same three song soundtrack. Credence will hear. I mean, it's like yeah, Jimi Hendrix. It's just it's the same five songs in every Vietnam soundtrack. I'm like, I fucking get it, guys. Stop with this. I want to see him roll in with some disco. <laughs> I don't think disco was quite <laughs> making not quite there. No, okay, a little no, later. No, the later part later. of the seventies, probably. But again, but. I mean, it's just like it's just so. Every time it happens in a movie, it just cliche kind of takes me out of it. It's like I know there was more than like five songs in existence at this time. I mean, Good Morning Vietnam had a pretty robust soundtrack. It had some of that, but at least yeah. they had like some of the old 50s and 60s doo-wop. I mean, anyway. Anyways. Some of those are just so cliche with that type of movie now. I guess it's hard to... They just really had to hammer home that this right. was close to that time frame. So yeah. they all load up into choppers. I want to say what? Like 12 to 20 helicopters? And they're going to embrace the, the, the storm and get through. Yeah. And Sam Jackson's like, I got this. I'm a badass pilot. Yeah. And he's giving a speech the whole time as they're flying through the storm. And they all make through unscathed, but a lot of lightning happening. Yeah. Um, and then they start deploying the uh, the bombs that are going to do their tectonic uh, uh, so dumb. mapping. Even right? if the bombing is a good idea, maybe the first pass is, why don't we just fly around and investigate fucking a little bit? They're like, nope, straight to the bombing. Well, they got a mission to do, in and out, you know? They kind of said that. Like, they don't want to... The military guys are like, let's just get in there, get this done, and get out. I can't so. imagine at any point in human history, bombing the fuck out of a strange island was the smartest way to explore it. I just can't buy it. Well, let's... let's. We well, they were to, trying to explore it. They were just trying to get some readings. I think we need to make mention of the John Goodman character at this point. You guys seem to like him a lot. I felt that as soon as he got to the island, he was not very good. And not effective. He did step. Oh, see, his, he, he stepped was. down once he got to the island. He, he became was, a, a supporting character who had very little to do with the film at that point because you're starting to get the Sam Jackson's uh, military. I've now attached myself yeah. to purpose again, and I'll kill everybody in my squad to get this. Right, done. he goes all Captain well, Ahab. No. So you're mixing that up. You're mixing that up because we get to the island. The bombs are starting to be starting to be dropped, and Goodman at that point is like becoming like. This is, you know, finally, I get to do this thing that I know is true. Like, he becomes insanely laser-focused, and he does get kind of quiet and kind of ancillary, but it's because he's so, like, finally, this is happening. Let now, it's not, until, it's not until shit goes down that Sam Jackson's like, my boys have been killed. Finally, I'm back well, in the game. Hold on. What I need, I'm trying to answer John's reason for bombing it. It comes out that John Goodman knew what he was doing. He was bombing it to wake those things up because he wanted to prove that those things exist. Yes. Oh, because he's so upset okay. that nobody believed him I must that he was that. doing whatever he could to prove it was uh, actually happening. So he knew bombing was a dumbass idea. Exactly. Okay. So he bombs it and then immediately Kong shows up and wipes out half right. the uh, helicopter. In an amazing and scene. That was, was so great. cool. It was great. Super great. It, one guy, it's a fucking helicopter pilot. All he's got to do is pilot a helicopter. And he's like, is that a monkey? It's like, <laughs> come on, man. You just watched half your fucking shit get fucked. Also, yeah, it's a monkey. What do you think? It anyway. Well, to be fair, I mean, if you see something that size and... And we talked about this briefly, but like Kong is huge. He's to huge. Come close to matching the Godzilla, much bigger than the 1933 King Kong. He is ma mountain massive, and yes. so like I'm sorry if I'm in a helicopter and I see a giant monkey in the sky, I may ask, "Is that a monkey?" Because that should not even be. That should not make Fair. sense. Maybe you should do some evasive maneuvering point, while he's asking. Turn. Yeah. If you're not sure if it's a monkey, start turning and ask that question. 
So at this point, and this is where I think we should discuss the Sam Jackson character. Um, after his helicopters are downed, he now has new meaning and he attaches it to killing Kong. Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. And he, and he needs to get his man back, Chapman. Now, yes. My biggest yes. problem with this film is the fact that we are now doing the military following the character who is inexplicably willing to get everybody else in his troop murdered. The heart yeah. of darkness type thing. Yeah, yeah. It's been overdone. I agree. And here we're doing it again. Well, this movie's full of typical cliche. I found Sam points. Jackson's yeah. part to be the most boring in the movie. Yes. Every time he was on screen, I was just like, oh, all right, can he we was get great. someone else? He did great acting, but yes, his, his character progression was just like, we knew where it was going. There was no depth to it. Yeah. It really served one purpose to keep them. And he needed to be the human antagonist of this monster film. Yeah, yes. but it just didn't fit. Even when he found out Chapman was dead, he's like, this changes nothing. That's like, I mean, yeah, it changes like, everything. We're still like, doing it. Yeah. We're still doing it. Even uh, Well, because at that point, well, he says, he says, it doesn't matter that Chapman's dead. We have to kill this thing because it's killed my men. Again, he's looking for any reason to keep right. the fight going because this is, again, he's terrified of what lies outside of what he knows. So it makes sense. But because it's so trite and done so many times, we just didn't really, I didn't really seem to care. I was like, okay, we'll just cap them in the head, guys, we're done. Boom, one shot, we're out of this fucking island. Everyone wanted to leave except for, and I get get mutiny and that kind of thing, but there's not a person in that group that wasn't like, we could just kill this guy and leave, right? (laughs) You know? I kind of wish they would have done that. It might have been It would have been great if John Goodman shot him. And then basically he was kind of like, we're not going anywhere yet. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll discuss more about the Goodman character as the plot kind of unfolds. But I just wanted to get that out of the way. Um, I, it does not by any means make me enjoy this movie uh, less. I still really enjoy this film because it is the, the monster fights are up and foremost, the focus of the film. But 15, 20 minutes into the movie, we have a giant monster kicking ass. Kong is immediately yeah. in the scene. Yep. He's fucking all these things up. He in- splits the uh, platoon like they crash in two different sites. Yeah. So Hiddleston, the journalist, um, a couple of the the little like researchers get in one area, and then some of the military personnel with Sam Jackson and John Goodman are in another area. And the movie at that point is we have to find each other. Yeah. Find each other and then get to the north days. of the island yeah. to get evacuated by the people on the other side of the storm. Yes. And that becomes their main goal. And they play fast and loose with that three day timeline. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> but in great contrast to Godzilla, we actually get to see the fights on screen and not they're just so hand it good. Out. It was such a different and film. And they're constant. We're always seeing. And the thing is, when Kong's not on the screen, guess what? They're fighting giant monsters. The things, giant the, spiders. The giant yeah. bamboo leg things. The birds. I mean, like, there's not a moment we don't see giant monsters this doing something This is a savage badass. fucking island. Like, Oh, it's rough. You ain't going to live. Doesn't matter if yeah. Kong's here or not. This stuff, this island and everything on it is out to get you. Yes. So every each each side of the team is doing their own thing. Hiddleston, we'll call it Hiddleston Squad and um, Jackson Squad. Okay. Okay. So Hiddleston Squad is like, we got to find these guys and we'll get out of here. They're trying to get off the island. Jackson Squad is basically kind of like, we got to find these guys and get out of here. But Sam Jackson's kind of like, we're going to find these guys and then we're going to fuck some shit up. And right. we're going to kill He's Kong. like, we got to go to the crash site, get all the weapons. Now, That's as they're, plan. Yeah, as they're moving forward, Hiddleston's team is kind of like learning that, oh my God, there's a lot of like fauna on this you know, planet that can, on this island that can really fuck us up. And you're also seeing a little of that with Jackson's team, but Jackson's team is more to kind of progress the plot line with Goodman of, wait, you knew what the fuck was on here? And that's when John Goodman, Sam Jackson sits down, points a gun at John Goodman's head. He's like, you tell me what the fuck I want to know or else I'm going to kill you right now. And Goodman's like, monsters exist. They are real. I was on a boat that was attacked by something. And it's like, you know, like, 
a thousand men went in the water. Only one of us survived. Mm-hmm. It was like totally Jaws moment. Yeah. Um, and that's when you find out the, 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 the ulterior motive of John Goodman's character than what he was presenting to this, his entire crew. Um, and at that point, he just becomes a kind of a, a background character. At that point, he does kind of disappear into the background. But you realize he dies that, like, pretty shortly after that. Yeah, point. not too far after that. But you find out that John Goodman was attacked by Godzilla. You know when? Well, that's the thing. It's his boat, the one that they oh, showed the, the original, uh, the one with the atom bombs. Yes, monsters exist. No shit. Nobody believed me. Yesterday, I was a crackpot. But today. So this was never about geology. You dropped those charges to flush something out. Who are you? You heard of the USS Lawton? Neither did the public. Out of a thousand young men on that ship, I was the only survivor. They told my family she was sunk in battle, but I know what I saw. It had no conscience. No reasoning, just destroy. I spent the last 30 years trying to prove the truth of what I learned that day. This planet doesn't belong to us. Ancient species owned this earth long before mankind, and if we keep our heads buried in the sand, they will take it back. When okay. they got chomped and they were they finally started attacking the water with the atom bombs from Godzilla, that's because one of his ships was one of the ones attacked. Mm-hmm. And that references back to Godzilla. So John Goodman's boat was attacked by Godzilla, whether directly or indirectly. He only is the only one that survived. And at that point, he dedicated his life to finding these monsters and convincing people that they were real. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, they give him a camera. And then when they're in a misty graveyard, he's taking photos and gets eaten by a lizard. Yes. Which is another type of monster that lives on this planet. What did the uh, John Crawlers? Kong's God on the island. But the devils live below us. And what are they called? I call it, they don't speak their name. The tribe doesn't speak their name. I call them skull crawlers. And they're like, skull crawlers? He's like, why? Because it sounds neat. Now that I say it out loud, it sounds Kinda stupid. Dumb. I <laughs> just thought of it. I'm sorry. Like, call no, them what you we want. like it, yeah. <laughs> I'm fine calling them that. Are you cool with that? Yeah, that, that seems like I like seems the like name, a, a so name. I think you... Never said that name out loud before. It sounds stupid now that I say just... You call them whatever you want. The big lizard things. Nasty. So so the A-team, Team Hiddleston, uh, runs into John C. Riley. We find out that he is the downed pilot from World War II that we were introduced yeah. at the beginning of the film. He's been living among a tribe of uh, people who don't really talk. They stay silent and they keep all this face paint on and they're just living in fear of something. Yeah. They built these massive wooden bridges to kind of enclose themselves in and keep the savage island out. And it's here that's revealed that King Kong is actually the ones that's protecting them. Hiddleston's group basically is like, he's like, there's a lot of things inside that'll kill you. Um, Some of these things started protecting these people. And, you know, you find out that Kong and Kong's family are basically the protectors of this island. They kill the skull crawlers and stuff like that. And the ones we've seen so far are babies. And he's like, you don't want to wake the big ones up. That's what killed Kong's parents. Right. His whole family's been wiped out by the skull crawlers. Yeah. You find out that Kong is an adolescent and he's been taking out the the small baby skull crawlers. He's the last of his kind. They make a point to say that. And they're like, make sure the big one doesn't rise up or else it could kill, you know, everything, including young Kong. 
And so anyway, at this point, you know, they're like, we got to get the fuck out of here. They build a little boat out of the downed plane that... Um, the World War II plane that yeah. John C. Riley. I'd say John C. Riley's character, I would like to see that movie. I mean, you crash on this island. You got to learn how to communicate with your Japanese friend. You find natives. You got to survive for 20 years. That's a good movie. I would sign up for that one. And the natives never speak a word. Right. So he's learned to communicate with them via like just Looks eye or some contact shit, yeah. and stuff. And it was really interesting, like how he's done that. So well, you know that movie exists, right? Does it really? It's called Enemy Mine, starring uh, Dennis Quaid. Huh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Is that an old movie? Yeah. It's a movie in space whenever he's downed with an alien villain and then they have to live together and learn to become yeah, buddies. But I want to see John C. Riley Prison camp. Oh, God. <laughs> because he was, I think, uh, I mean, John Goodman's up there. I, I still put him as the best part of this movie. John Goodman had the best John acting, C. Riley was but John so C. Riley was so amazing in this. Like he guess, was the comic relief, but he also had this great moment where this is one thing I really respected about this movie is in Godzilla we get no fucking background about anything. We get little short snippets of bullshit details that don't actually piece anything together. But in this, as John C. Riley meets them as they're like starting to build the boat or just kind of find out where they are. John C. Riley is like, okay, real quick, let me exposition the entire background of this movie and plot real fast. He does it, catches the audience up so quick yeah. on everything that's going on about this island in a really quick, concise way. They were like, cool, we know what's going on. Let's continue. We never feel like we don't have enough information because he told yeah. us that. And I, I'm with John. I, I think John C. Riley really stole the show for me. And it's not that I think John Goodman did poorly. I just think he was underutilized for, you know, kind of who he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like I could have got more out of him. And then maybe this was just a an overstuffed cast to begin with. Yeah. They really just kind of I didn't have something else for him to do at the end. Yeah. But that's kind of just, a, that's my argument against why I wasn't a big fan of Goodman's Well, once character. they established John Goodman's history and the fact that he was like, we're here to actually show that monsters are real or whatever. He's a vehicle to get the he, monarch he at that point serves no purpose anymore. Right. So I understand why he kind of became background because there was no reason to have him be anything more than that at that time. Yeah. So at that point, we've got Team A and Team B uh, trying to converge and go north. And they finally do. And they finally do. And then there's this, there's like a pretty good tense moment where the people are starting to kind of revolt against Sam Jackson's plan. Well, Sam Jackson's like, we're going to go find our missing dude. And half the people are like, no, we have to get the fuck off this island. And John C. Riley's like, no, you have to get the fuck off this island. And Jackson's like, no, we're going back for our dude. And then his squad at that point is starting to kind of like, maybe he's not doing this for the right reasons. John Goodman's little like disciples. No, by the time they split, they, he already knows his dude is dead. Not yet. Not yet. Almost. This is the part where, I'm sorry. This is where a, are this, you at? Yeah, <laughs> where, I'm confused. This is pivotal, you guys. So basically, like, they're like, we're going to basically go confirm that our people are not dead. We're going to go basically do this. That's when they go to Kong's graveyard. Remember, that's when they split up because Hiddleston's like, all right, I was here to help you guys. They go and they find Kong's parents graveyard. And that's when John C. Riley's like, we cannot go in there. Oh, that, that, is no, the that happened part. before the, the where that's when Goodman dies, right? In the fuzzy, yeah, in the poisonous, greeny yeah. gas full of bones. Oh, was that before? That was before. Yeah. So that's How when do, he, why, why did we skip over that then? That's so info, like this. Oh, so important. He talked on it. Yeah. That's when so he, they were going through the graveyard. Oh, I thought you meant like when he graveyard. dies and gets eaten when he's taking yeah. pictures. Oh, I thought you were talking about the graveyard at the, the village, the little like, oh, no, they're no, just no, walking no, through no, talking about stuff. I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. That's where Hiddleston, where the guy vomits up the other guy's skull is in that little 
and yeah, they find the, his dog tag. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So at that point, when they do meet back up, it is very much a like, you know, we know he's dead. What are you doing? He's like, I'm here to kill this fucking monkey. Yeah. And they do kind of like, well, fuck you. We're going our way. You go your way. Yeah. So anyway, there is yeah. a badass scene, though, in a graveyard where Kong's parents, like skeletons are. And the, the skull crawlers come out like in force to yeah. attack them. And it's like there's triceratops skulls. It's like it's this great scene. But anyway, yeah, they meet back up. They split up. They realize Sam's gone, way too gone. And uh, he's gone full Colonel Court. Why do you think he's never reversed his position after being infr- confronted by the skull crawlers? Like, why doesn't he focus then now? We got to stop those things. I think he, he's gone full Ahab, man. Yeah. He's like... Colonel Kurtz, Ahab. Yeah, he's like, that. I have to fuck this uh, this this monkey up. Because <laughs> John C. this monkey straight up. John C. Riley was like, yo, Kong keeps us from the skull crawlers. Or, you know, everyone tells him, no, Kong's on our side. And he's just like, fuck that. Yeah, he doesn't uh, care. At yeah. this point, it's become like his white his obsession, whale. yeah. And he gets killed doing it. He does awesomely, though. Kong just was like, oh, I'm still dealing with you. And he just squishes him. <laughs> yeah, so Sam Jackson is trying to lure Kong into a trap. As he's getting closer, he sets off these detonations that light the lake on fire. And Kong is kind of engulfed in yeah. flames for a moment. And he's like, are you seeing this shit? And he just steps out of the flames. He's like, what are you wasting my time with? Yeah, but he do- it does affect him and he falls over yes. for a little bit. And then we see the giant skull crawler jump out the adult one yeah. yeah so the big mom's been released because this fight has woken up the big one yeah all the explosions that and then like john says kong just kind of wakes up looks sam jackson in the eye and then squishes him <laughs> like a bug and it's like let's move on now yeah. and then we have a pretty rad fight scene it's so good that final fight scene where the skull crawler fights kong yeah it's a long, like, they live level long fight scene between <laughs> the skull crawler, the, the adult skull crawler, and Kong, where there is gruesome, barbaric fighting. Like, they're breaking bones. Kong's, like, shoving his arm down the throat of the skull yeah, he crawler guts and him, man. ripping out the internals. I really enjoyed that Kong was smart enough to fashion himself a weapon out of a submarine. Well, he oh, gets, yeah, he the gets, propeller. Yeah, that was so on cool. the chain. And it's connected to this giant boat, and he's like trying to get free because the skull crawler is going to yeah. fuck him up. He finally breaks free, and the the rotor propeller from the the ship is attached to this chain. He starts using this like this flail, like with a fucking blade on the end, yeah. and starts whipping the shit out of the skull crawler, cutting it open. Oh my god, it was brutal as hell, but it was like this is a fucking monster fight, and it was long. And they uh, Kong did have the help of Team A uh, Hiddleston's team. Um, helping to distract which the I skull fucking crawler. hated so didn't much, like that. dude. It didn't make any sense. They're just—it's like little gnats are attacking you, and you're like, "Huh, I'll stop fighting this tiger to go deal with these gnats." Yeah, well, they, they exactly. got to give them something to do, right? right. I guess. Well, um, the girl gets the girl gets like you know knocked into the water, knocked in the water. Kong picks her up in his hand, his giant fucking mitt, and then starts fighting the monster with her in his hand. It's like she would have been crushed. She would have been squished so fast. Because right, his hand gets eaten. Yes, it goes inside the monster's mouth. It's Please, John, yawn John. Like, the microphone. <laughs> this is the most exciting part <laughs> of the movie. This movie's so boring. <laughs> and so, yeah, the, the hand with the woman gets eaten inside the skull crawler. It's biting his arm. He, like, pulls it out. She's completely fine. Like, just yeah. like she was, like, laying on a bed of pillows. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, she should be crushed. But no, Kong gently puts her down. Hiddleston runs up to her. And picks her up and looks at Kong, and Kong's clearly just like, "You're cool." 
yeah. then walks away after fucking up the skull crawlers. But at this point, you realize Kong is king. Yeah. Like, he is a bad motherfucker. That's pretty much the end of the movie. Until the credits roll. Right. And then I was very, very happy to see that uh, John C. Riley. We get some like almost like some old timey uh, home video. What would you do if I sing at a key? And he basically he gets to go home from World War II in the in the seventies. His his wife is still alive. He's meeting his son for the first time. I thought it was pretty touching. He goes to uh, uh, Fenway Park, or was it? um, He's watching his baseball game, eating a hot dog, and drinking a beer. Because he mentions that when he first meets the people, he's like, "You guys are a a better sight than opening day with a hot dog." Yeah, it was very nice to give that character closure. Oh, yeah. um, and that's kind of how the film ends. And then there's a post-credit scene. Really? I didn't I didn't stick around for oh, the credits. Oh, dude. You this, is, it? this is where nope. you find out that Mothra and everybody exists. So really? the credits end. Damn, and I the, missed it. The little, the, the it's dude really was, dumb, to be honest, because it doesn't it was, tie into Godzilla, the movie that they already made. Well, it sort of does. It's sort of it sets a, it sets a but tone. Everyone is so it's so conf- it's so frustrating because in Godzilla everyone acts like they had no idea that this is like a thing that could possibly Certain happen. Certain people had this idea. Ninety nine percent. The more people would be. Well, we don't in get, the we know. don't know because in Godzilla we don't get much into Monarch, so we don't know who knows <sighs> what. Maybe this is like a side group, you know. But anyway, so the credits roll and Hiddleston and the reporter in a one interrogation room, and the um, the other two researchers that went with John Goodman are in another one and they come in and they're just like what do you know about this you know and they're like what do you mean and he's like there's more monsters out there and we get some like pictures and some yeah, cave drawings it's like the stock show. footage from the beginning of the godzilla movie essentially yeah we see like mothra we see like um the one with the three heads i can't remember the name of that king one Ghidorah. king adora we basically see like they're like look more of these things exist and you basically see all the famous monsters that we've we've gotten to know before and they're like this is a thing and then it kind of like you know we're part of a group that's going to look into this and then cut we're and putting together the avengers initiative it basically yeah, is what it's, it's, it's exactly it's a, that it's exactly the avengers initiative moment except it yeah. happened at, it was like if you had already seen I don't know, Thor, and then like we're finding out about the Avengers and issues. It just doesn't make, their timing didn't make any sense. Well, they had to do something to kind of piece it together, and I thought they did an okay job with what they were working with, but if this second, were the, it's only the second movie, man. Right, but if this were the first movie in the series, you'd be like, okay, they're build, they built, they did all their universe building in the second movie, which everyone in the first movie is completely unaware of. That's what makes this such a frustrating universe. Again, they're trying to fix something they didn't think was going to be an issue. <laughs> yeah. You guys have any other thoughts? I got a couple things I wanted to mention. Um, the director seemed to be having a good time with maybe putting in some Easter eggs here and there. Um, for instance, Sam Jackson says his famous line, hold on to your butts again. He says, as usual, even yes. he didn't even <laughs> buy into yes. it. No, no, he bought it. He knew exactly what he was doing, and yeah. I fucking loved it. The, we also, car for life, baby. John C. Riley had a jacket that said, for your health on it. Yes, it did. Which is, uh, uh, it's a callback to his character, Steve Brule. From Tim and Eric. And, uh, and his own standalone show, which I'm Check it on. out with Dr. Steve yeah, Brule. Yeah, there you go. Except um, it doesn't say, for your health on that. It's it's a it's a it's more wordy than that, yeah. but it's in there, yes. right? Um, and then Loki fighting in green mist, which I kind of was like, oh, you think that was intentional? Did I don't kind know. Of that was intentional. That one might be a stretch. The other two are pretty home runs. That one. <laughs> well, it'll be up to the years, use the viewers' discretion if they want to. Time see will see tell. That. I saw that. There was also that great fight with the octopus 
the squid octopus oh, yeah, thing were caught. <laughs> yeah, that's a moment of like calm where you're just like, oh, this could be filled with bullshit, boring human stuff. And no, Kong shows up to basically wash some of his wounds from the previous like, you know, um, attack from the helicopters. And he gets attacked by this giant squid octopus monster fucking messes that thing up i mean again even the dull parts of this movie were filled with giant monster fights like you were saying it's a it's yeah it, it, it's an island that just has shit going crazy all kinds of creatures they did a great job world building this one yeah, i was I really agree. upset with the soldier who was sitting on the uh log and then turned out to be a giant stick bug and then he gets up and just starts machine gunning the poor stick bug in the face. It's like, hey, fucker, what's going on? And just kind of slinks off. Yeah. I was like, hey, fuck you, dude. He's doing nothing wrong. Well, and then how he many gets times, killed. How many times have he you, immediately gets killed. Yes. How many times have you squished a spider that just happens to be I've crawling around? I've never killed arm? a stick bug. I'm not talking about a stick bug. I'm talking about like, but also understand the stick bug is um, massive, sir. Yeah, but he's not. He's not doing fear, anything. Fear and guns. Fear and guns. Yeah, Do he had been lost. He'd been lost in the woods. He'd been attacked by a giant monkey. Also, yeah. Garrett, you know that I've had or scorpions. Ape. Sorry, ape. I've had scorpions in my apartment. I release them back outside. That's why they keep coming back. That's right. They know. <laughs> you got to kill them and then staple them to your wall. Set a goddamn evidence. precedence, Mark. <laughs> Look, we live in Texas. There's a lot of scorpions, but <laughs> I don't think front. it's the same one. <laughs> no. I think it's from different ones. Mark, Mark's going to show up to the next podcast with a fashion scorpion necklace. That's He's just it. like, I am God. I took your advice. Check out my kills. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. What other Easter happy, eggs did you find in this not movie, Not happy Mark? with that stick bugs. I think that's about all I got on the Easter egg front. But uh, did you guys think this movie had a grave mistake? No. I enjoyed it. Me personally, I enjoyed it. I think it was fun. Um, I can't think of anything that really took me out of it. No, nah, I think it was all right. Uh, mine is just going to be the uh, the tropey Sam Jackson get everybody killed no matter what yeah. kind of mentality thing. I just was like Garrett says, I'm tired of kind of that military tropey uh, plot lines that we get a lot of these monster movies. It was my least favorite part, but I also just was like, okay, they're trying to make a period piece. And so they're just going down the period piece cliche checklist and he's, you know checking a box there my grave mistake was the excessively forced pointless non-needed potential love romance that tom hiddleston and this journalist suddenly out of nowhere decided they had to have where they shared that moment out and under the moonlight where they're just like let's get out of here and then like he like puts his arm around her i was like why the fuck do we need any kind of romance at this point we don't need any form of relationship hint or anything like you guys are here to do I don't know. I've been in many situations and I just don't feel like if I was being attacked by giant monsters on a, a place, I'd be like, hey, girl, what you doing? It's not an environment that you want to nurture a budding romance. That's for sure. Don't they say that in speed? I like th- relationships <laughs> that are formed under like stressful situations never last or something like that? Yeah. I think they were trying to capture some of the 30s, 40s movie vibes as well. And that's like a staple there. So that, that's why I think they put it in there. But yes, I agree. The but, thing is, there was that moment where Kong like cares about the the lady, the journalist lady, right. just because she rescues an an innocent animal from underneath a helicopter. Well, she Kong, tries to, yeah. Yeah, Kong, Kong sees it and he's like, okay, you're all right, kid, because you're like not here to fuck everything up. You're trying to be helpful. So that's how they respect each other in that. Well, I'm glad it wasn't like a romance thing, like the early King Kong stuff. Yeah, sure. But Grab the a whole, lady, climb a building. The whole Hiddleston photojournalist connection, I was like, this is so pointless and unnecessary. It's like... Yeah. And that's that's my great mistake because I'm just I'm tired of every Hollywood movie. Be like, we've got to have some kind of romance. We've got to have some kind of. It's like it's unnecessary in these types of films. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I mean, at the time of viewing it, it really didn't bother me too much. 
Um, again, because the movie just has such a fast pace and it's, it's giving the audience what it wants yeah. most of the time. So even when I'm saying the Sam Jackson trope is really kind of grating on me, it's not nearly as bad as anything that happened in Godzilla. And the romance thing was very minimal. <laughs> very few things are. Oh, yeah. It was very minimal. So I'm not going to say it was like a, a, a sin or anything like that, but like, right. it was one of those unnecessary moments where it was like, we don't have to have this. You know, just have everybody care about each other and the fact that, like, we should all get off this island alive as opposed to, well, you know, me and you, we might have a little something more here. It's like, why? Who gives a shit? Anyway, yeah. that's my great mistake. So King Kong's been around since 1933. It's 87 years and he's been in nine films. Wow, that's not a lot. Not really. Not in, not when Godzilla's been around just yeah. over 60 years and has been o- in over 30 films. <laughs> Nine films. Film a decade, Hold on. We've had King Kong, the original King Kong. We had the Peter Jackson King Kong. We had the Son of Kong. We had this King Kong, Kong Skull Island. What other Kong movies are there? King Kong, 1933. Son of Kong, 1933 also. Uh, King Kong Escapes, 1967. Uh, King Kong 1976 King Kong versus Godzilla which is in 1962 uh, King Kong Lives 1986 Peter Jackson's King Kong 2005 and um, then we're going to have Kong Skull Island that we're talking about and then we'll have Godzilla versus King Kong in 2020 Wow. There's okay. a few of those that I don't think I've ever seen. I saw the 76 one. Once you said that I remember seeing that one because it was on like uh, HBO or something like that all the time when I was a kid mm-hmm. but yeah wow Ugh. so as we mentioned in this episode it's definitely leading into the versus film of King Kong versus Godzilla what team are you on King Kong Team Kong baby Godzilla baby I'm going for my lizard just because he was in a bad film in 2014 there's plenty of other films that I've enjoyed so Do I'm you hoping think- no King Kong's Team America bro Team no. America <laughs> USA you, actually I mean he's he's Team Pacific Island actually so fair fair I mean but he's King Godzilla's always fucking up Japan it's not like he's Team Tokyo <laughs> or anything I mean so question do you think they'll actually have a decisive winner in the Kong no. Godzilla or do you think it'll be Freddy versus Jason yes. all over again in the 1967 film no one wins it's, uh, it's a tie I've been reading versus comics for about I don't know 20 years now no one ever wins ever so i assume it's the same the in biggest movies damn cop out ever i hate that so much it's like just have a decisive victor i wish they would do that too i agree but they don't i what do you guys think so 2014 godzilla film um does it take place in 2014 or is it the early 2000s it i think it takes place yeah they don't to really touch on it kind of so, present day yeah so we've got kong 1973 what do you think they're gonna do to thread the two together they don't have to do anything. They don't basically. have to do anything. Basically, Monarch existed. We yeah. now know that other monsters exist. I think shit's just going to happen. Now, unless in Godzilla 2, we do a prequel where we basically see Godzilla fucking up Mothra and all those things like that in the 80s or whatever. Honestly, it'll just be like, we just accept the fact that that end credit scene from Kong Skull Island is enough of a connection to bring it to Godzilla time frame. And then we go from there. I'm just curious how they get Kong off Skull Island. Do you think Monarch captures him and brings him over to fight him? That's kind of the stuff I'm wondering. Like, what do you I, think is going to thread the two monsters together? I think Godzilla is going to attack the monsters. They're going to have King of the Monsters. And then at that point, Monarch and whoever else, the governments, will be like, we've got to do something to protect us from this type of destruction again. Because look at all the collateral damage. We can't trust the fact that they won't destroy our world. We have to do something to fight back. I think at that point, they'll 
you know, we've tried everything and we're all out of ideas. And someone's going to be like, I may have an idea. There's a monkey in the South Pacific. If we bring him a check for $32 and a Playboy 1976 magazine, he'll do it. You know, like there'll be something where they have to go get Kong. Now, maybe it'll be that lady, the photojournalist, and she's like in 96. And she's like, Kong, remember me? You know, who knows what it'll be. But um, but they kind of pit both of the uh, monsters as guardians of the human race to a degree. So I don't know if Godzilla's a, a he saved guardian. He from the Mudos and then he just no, slowly went back I think he's just a natural predator. I think he's right. just naturally He's like, a savior of balance. That's what yes. that guy keeps talking. Balance, hmm. balance. He's just balanced like 72 times. I have a sneaking suspicion they're going to introduce a third party. Yeah. I mean, Another monster that's going to bring them both into the fray. They're going to fight each other and then realize, no, we got to fight this guy. Team up like a buddy cop movie. Oh, of course. Of course, that's what's going to happen. They'll have to fight together, which again is the stupidest fucking idea. Oh, see, this just makes me angry because you already know the bullshit tropes they're going to go with. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, there's going to be nothing new under the sun. They're going to basically make this whole movie based off. Don't you want to see two monsters fight? Okay, we'll give you that. If it's good, that's fine. I mean, Pacific Rim, I keep going back to that because it's my favorite one. That's probably the best example of a bunch of stupid tropes in it, but you know what? It gives me what I want so I can overlook the fucking paint by numbers plot. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anybody in the Hall of Monsters uh, fandom. But are people really clamoring for another King Kong, King Kong Godzilla showdown? I don't think they were. I think I'd the idea is iconic, and I think they're like, wouldn't that be cool to see? But I don't think anyone's like... I think if they actually... Well, I almost said if they did another um, Pacific Rim movie, people would be jazzed, but we saw what happened with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would rather see the children's defender, Gamera versus Godzilla, the giant turtle. The what? thing is, though, they got to think, all right, what's going to make millions of dollars? And no one's going to go see Gamera or whatever. They're going to be like, what is this nonsense? You don't Skip. know, bro. Gamera's just... got his fans. <laughs> but this is, that actually begs right. an interesting question, though. What we don't know is um, in the Godzilla 2 movie where he fights Mothra and all the other monsters, what's their background? Are they there just to fuck shit up or are they also saviors of balance? Like, what is their story? What is Mothra's background? You know, like, what is he there for? Maybe Kong should team up with Mothra to take out Godzilla. Which he's done in past films. Um, Really? Even in the NES video game, you can play as Mothra or Godzilla. Yeah, Mothra is, like, sometimes a good guy. Usually the defender of the human race. Yeah, we got a lot of defenders. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) These are the Avengers of giant monsters. (laughs) Exactly. You know, one thing we didn't mention in the Godzilla uh, discussion is that um, jo- Jonathan Taylor cardboard. Um, he has a little terrarium in his room when they go back to uh, break into there where the the ground zero was to get the discs from his dad's office. There's a little terrarium that says Mothra on it. Oh, so you think Mothra, the, the moth from that terrarium has they, basically been radiated by living in that like place? If they ninja turtle this fucking thing and say like April O'Neil raised the turtles and he's like, I raised Mothra. Mothra's my baby. I don't think it'll be that. I think basically it'll be an inadvertent. <laughs> Sign me up like, for that movie. <laughs> you're in on that idea. Huh? I think Mothra may have actually got, had maybe his origin story, but I don't think it'd be like he raised him. I think it'll be more like like, oh, my moth became a thing. But wouldn't it be terrible though if Mothra was there and he was like, I know you. I I was your owner and Mothra was like, oh wait, I should stop fucking things up. You're right, I know you. It if would be are moths a pet? Do people have pet moths? I don't know. No, don't know. no, they don't. They usually have lizards in terrariums. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, pet hopefully moths. it was just a nod, like, hey guys, check it out. It says Mothra on it, and that's all it is. 
But the fact Mothra is going to be in the next one, it's like, oh no, there's I will, potential there for them to do something stupid like that. I will oh, give them mad credit. They can be stupid. They will. Yeah. We've learned that. I will give them mad credit if they actually flip the script on this and actually kind of like make like Kong team up with someone else to fuck up Godzilla. Like, you know, and again, I don't think Toho would let them, with. though. I don't. That's the thing is, I think we get into the whole rights issue of like, like, you know, like, because for instance, Marvel versus Capcom, the video game, like Marvel basically went to Capcom and is like, you can't show our characters getting beat by your characters on streams. Like, that's one of the rules they had. It's like, it's a fighting game. Someone's got to get beat. I wonder if like Legendary is going to run into something like that where they can't show a specific person wasn't that beat. the whole reason freddy versus jason had its neutered ending yep oh really that, it happens all what? the time like in um uh who framed roger rabbit when they had bugs bunny and mickey mouse in the same scene it was down they had they counted the frames so that they were in the exact same number of me? frames not even just film time they were in the same exact number of frames could you imagine you being that insecure about your bullshit that you have to be like no man if i don't get as many frames as this fucking rabbit <laughs> get, get the fuck over yourself people i get it you have a brand but if you're not confident this is what you do when you're not confident with your brand yeah there's probably some garbage in place that says legend or no it's universal that owns king kong right so universal's king kong and legendary's godzilla has to go to some dumb stalemate and they both walk away like i just have a feeling that's how it's gonna yes i mean definitely because you can't have your star property get beat up i would love it they just played rock paper scissors best out of five (laughs) yeah wait didn't we just watch a movie where that was heavily involved uh, yes, we did. Tremors. Tremors. Tremors that's right. Yeah. We said, is there anything that Rocket Precision couldn't solve? Yeah. And again, there you go. That could do it. Well, unless you guys got anything else. I'm spent. I still fucking hate Godzilla. Yes. As you should. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Grape Talk. For other Grape Talk content, please visit www.gravetalk.com to see what else we're up to. You can also drop us a line on our social media pages, Facebook and Twitter, along with Instagram. Until next time, keep yourself above ground, otherwise you may be dead, and the dead can't listen.